0: Mail's here. It's two minutes later than yesterday. And because you know it's six minutes earlier than the day before, you decided it was time to get back to work. Let's job it up. At CareerBuilder, we're ready to help at every stage of your search. Build a resume, get industry tips and advice, and apply to multiple jobs in just one click. Get started now at CareerBuilder.com.
1: Podeskew Podcast is a founding member of the OddPods Media Network.
0: Hey there, we're BFYTW Podcast. I'm Pantsless Aaron, I'm the host, and we are three silly people playing very silly games for fakie points that don't count for anything. Our permanent team captains are a a veteran and a podcaster and a veteran podcaster,
1: it's Stevie. Hey guys, it's Midnight Smoke here. I love being funny, goofy, and I'm here for your entertainment.
0: And his permanent opponent, my oldest friend and a gamer and a storyteller, it's Jorge. Hey guys, Jorge here, uh, HH underscore Empire, and I am the logical voice to this maelstrom of chaos. Well, if you like silly people playing silly games, then you want to come hang out with us at BFYTW Podcast every week. That's BFYTWpodcast.com.
1: The Bottlesque podcast. I am CJ, and with me, as always, is my hetero mate Rico. What's up, man?
0: It's only a bottle.
1: <sighs> yeah, yeah. I actually wanted. I, I to thought just... of
0: how funny that that line is. Like, what if, like, just you know, just the crazy scenario of someone being like, "Dude, I'm in love with this this woman. She's beautiful." It's like, it's only only a
1: bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually wanted to start. I thought about starting today off with a bit, like before I did the intro, mm. where I was gonna just cl- crack the mic and be like, "She turned me into a newt," and then you were gonna be like, "A newt," and I'd be like, well, "It got better."
0: <laughs> uh, the whole uh, or uh,
1: I'd like to return
0: this parrot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello, so, Polly. <laughs> So obviously, uh, we are going to talk Monty Python today.
1: We are, we are, and and unlike what we did when when Terry Jones passed not that long ago, we, we definitely did him service and gave tribute to to him and and by proxy Python, but we didn't do like a proper deep dive into to Monty Python and and everything that Python is. Um, I I I learned a lot about myself. <laughs> With Python, going back for this, actually. Yeah, I've realized... All right, so I'm going to have to clarify immediately what I mean by this um, after I say it, but I am not as much of a Python fan as I thought I was. Um, (laughs) Let
0: me guess. You consider yourself a Python fan, but mostly for Holy Grail.
1: Yeah, but but, but what I want to stress is that I don't... Dislike Monty Python. This is not that I dislike Monty Python. It's just I, and there's definitely certain sketches and things from Flying Circus and things that I watched from this that I was like, yeah, that's still really fucking funny, and I and I think that's hysterical. But then there were other things I was like,
0: nee. <laughs> yeah, i I mean, I'm not all the way with you on that, but like there are some in the Flying Circus bits. There's some that just don't hit.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, there are. But, I mean. But the ones that do, like the Dead Parrot sketch, the Spam Woman, the the Ministry of Silly Walks, like, you know, there was one I saw, I don't know if you, I didn't watch everything, I couldn't, there just wasn't enough time, but I, the ones I did watch, there was one with, like, Hamlet was talking to a psychiatrist about how he was, did you see that? Okay, so that one was pretty fucking funny, too. Like, I mean... You know, so there were certainly some some real funny fucking bits and and I am certainly still a fan. I, I consider myself a fan, but it was just kind of a realization that I'm not as big of a fan as I thought I was.
0: My my favorite was the one where uh I think it was Michael Palin goes in and gets he wants to have an argument. No, it's either Michael Palin or, or Eric Idle. And he wants oh, to the argu- argument. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I haven't seen Yeah. Like, I didn't see oh, that one no, in my no, review. No. this is abuse. Like- yeah. 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 It was, it was pretty fun. And then, and then there was one I saw where there was a, um, it is Palin for sure. He's playing a, a a, a, a constable. The, I forget what they call the cops over there. It's not con- constable is one of them, but there's a, there's a name for it. Kind of like a Mountie, a Bobby. Oh, Bobby. Thank you. Yes. Um He's playing a bobby, and like he carries a chair, like a recliner, across like a busy fucking street. <laughs> and then at the end of the scene, for no reason that I still understand, there's a couple like laying on the sidewalk making out, talking about how her father's moving in and sleeping in their bed. Like yep. that—that's the one thing I will give Flying Circus over, like Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live has all these sketches, but they're—they don't. Overlap like Python seems to overlap their sketches, so it goes from one to the next to the next with a little bit of each in the previous sketch.
0: Monty Python is is definitely an acquired taste. Sure. You have to be it's for, for me personally, it's not a show that you could just start on your own. You need someone to introduce it to you and you need someone to introduce a very specific sketch or the moo one of the movies.
1: Right. Right, because and... if
0: it, because like Steph and I, we like Monty Python, but I had asked her, I'm like, "Have you ever seen any of this show?" And she's like, "No," and we started watching it one night. This is like six months ago by pure you know randomness, and it just it was like the very first episode of the first of the first uh, series series, yeah, and it just wasn't as funny as I mean, they obviously had to grow and. And you're kind of looking at this like if she hadn't seen the other films or the later sketches, this would be the worst way of introducing it. Because we were both kind of like, yeah, it's not really that good. There are certain parts, like the long intro, where it's like, like there's the one where it's a dude like way far in a field and he's like running, and it's Michael Palin, just like, and then he goes it's and then it just cuts to yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah, right which by the way that music is iconic for those who know it it's you mean for those who know comedy you know even if you're not like that python music um but to your point of being interested
0: all the artwork
1: yes well and it's it's a very distinct style of of animation for sure you know so um i what were you saying you well before that. Just to finish it on the the animation, you could even go as far as to say I think that South Park is in, inspired by the animation style of Monty Python because it's very th- paper cut. Looks like you know what I mean. I I think that's
0: I think the humor for sure. I don't know because the the, the original the, paper.
1: I'm talking old, like now with them using digital, which I think is the way they have to go. Yeah, not so much. But if you look at the old like first episodes of South Park.
0: Well th- again, my, my point is I think that was mostly uh budgetary. Oh, they didn't well, sorry. have any money. So it was what the fuck do we have? We have construction paper, that's all we have.
1: Right. But it but it worked, and I still think to some degree it's it's homage to Python. It may not have been I, I think yeah. I
0: think the humor especially when South Park does British characters. Yeah. Like they'll do like a whole they did a whole episode of like Dickensian stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and the guy who like they they had like a, a worker of theirs just like he just does an amazing, you know, guttural cockney British accent. Well <laughs> like doing that. And they just I think they're big fans of the British, but also in the same way that Trey Parker is obviously a big fan of like Japanese shit.
1: Yeah. So Right, right. Um, but to to your point from earlier, my introduction to Python was not flying circus by any means. My introduction was holy grail. I was injured, you know. Yeah. You know, um, uh, a friend of mine on my 14th birthday came over to hang out with me. I remember th- 13 or 14. somewhere. Now. I don't remember one of those two years. And <laughs> we, he's like, dude, we're just going to hang out tonight and we'll do whatever you want. We'll get whatever you want to eat and we'll just hang out. And so we got like KFC and he's like, but we have to watch this movie. And I'm like, and this guy was a couple years older than me. He was 16 at the time. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you're going to love this fucking movie. You need to see this movie. I'm like, all right, let's, you but he wouldn't tell me what it was, you know, until <laughs> like right no, like right before he was going to put it on, you know, and he goes, I'm like, all right, so what is this movie? He goes, it's called Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And I, no idea. So like, it's not even like I went into it going, oh God, this, no, like I had never even heard of it. So
0: you had never even heard of Monty Python.
1: Mm-mm, no, okay.
0: I actually, so you went too fully blind.
1: To be fair, I did the thing that most people do when they hear Monty Python and I asked him, Oh, okay, cool, who is he? Right. You know, when it's it's not a he, it's a them, you know, and, and you know, teenagers yeah. being teenagers, he smacked me and said, dude, it's not a him, it's a them and then he gave me a very, very high level synopsis of what Monty Python was and then he's like, Alright, let's put the movie in. And we sat and watched, you know, an hour and forty minutes later, I'm crying on the floor, I'm laughing so hard at Right, various shit. (laughs) Monty
0: Python is an interesting brand of humor because, I mean, at the time, especially, all America understood about the British was that they were kind of stuffy. They were kind of proper.
1: Yeah, it's it's Eddie Izzard's, uh, you know, in the dress to kill about the arranging matchsticks. You know, the guy. Yeah, that was their, yeah.
0: And and to see something that's absolutely bonkers and silly and not at all like it was just a great way for americans to be like oh my god they're stupid like us mm-hmm. like you know and, and that was a great way of of getting that brand of humor and then there have been countless uh other british shows that have more or less copied like uh in the 80s there was one called the young ones so yeah. if there is like let's let's put it this way if Black Adder is like an homage to Holy Grail of the medieval setting. Then the young ones is the anarchist. We don't give a fuck what you say. We're British, but we don't like your rules. Sure. We're going to defect and and that type of uh, aspect. And then you get like, you know, Mr. Bean, which is really more of a Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Silent comedy. Uh, but it's really based on. um Jacques Tati, so it's more of a French uh, interpretation of, of what, it, it's hard to explain, but uh, my introduction to Monty Python, similar to yours, was uh, Michael, I was at Michael's house, we must have been like 12 or 13, around the same age as you, more or, right. or less, 13, 14, and uh, meaning of life, was on and it was like on cable. Okay. And now, now here's the thing. I know Holy Grail is everyone's favorite, but oh, I have it's a the Holy Grail. For, it's yeah.
1: <laughs> Pun intended. Um, but
0: right. But uh, meaning of life was for me almost a better way to introduce, to be introduced to Monty Python because it is sort of the weaker film. And it is sort of the one where it's like the most outrageous in certain scenes and it's closer and,
1: to flying circus in that it's it's sketches put together to tell an overall story you know yes it's the
0: least coherent movie which yeah. is ironic because we're including holy grail which has got a lot of incoherency
1: yeah but in the be- <laughs> in, in the, the best,
0: best way, way. <laughs> uh i mean I, honestly most of the python Troop have said that they think the best one they did was *Life of Brian*.
1: Which L- listen, now, I will so... say,
0: *Life of Brian* is the most coherent of their
1: films. Oh, for sure. Yeah, coherencies wise, sure, I agree with that. But it's the most linear beginning, middle, and end,
0: with the exception of him, you know, falling in a spaceship.
1: Yeah, which I had forgotten about because it's been a minute since I saw *The Life of Brian*, and I was like. Yeah. Space aliens. Okay.
0: I'd actually forgotten that it was that early in the film. I thought it was later. I thought the, it was so towards the end, but it, I completely. There, fucking... there
1: is two parts of Life of Brian that I. And I had seen it before we did this, but it had been a while. And there were two parts that I'd completely forgotten about the aliens and mm. Graham Chapman, hanging Chapman, uh, full floors. Can I? <laughs>
0: Can I tell you something really funny about that? Sure. Uh, when he, I mean, obviously he did stand outside a window with his dick hanging out. Uh, and apparently there was a lot of like Muslim women extras who didn't know that was going to happen. And they were Whoops! really like, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, the Pythons don't give a shit. No. But ultimately, Terry Jones went up to him and he said, listen, I think we could all tell that you're actually not Jewish. And so they actually had to fix that with a rubber band they had to pull his foreskin back with a rubber band so he looked like he was circumcised
1: i didn't pay attention enough to notice to be honest with you <laughs> i mean that's the great thing about the
0: python is that uh <laughs> he was whipping out his python sorry yeah um <laughs> is that they they will do whatever they can to make the bit funny even sure. if they're nude even if they're putting themselves in a vulnerable spot graham chapman was nude in front of a whole crowd of people. Yep. Like, it's one thing when John Cleese was, like, nude, simulating sex with his wife in Meaning of Life when he plays the professor. He's teaching them all about the birds I, and the bees.
1: I got to be honest with you. I still haven't gotten through that movie. Oh, really? I still I, still, I can't get past that part. It it's, just loses me every time. I don't you know You don't why. find that part funny? No, I think it's disgusting. Really? Yeah, I mean it's it, The concept is funny, but the visual is so disgusting that it just turns me off.
0: What the visual of John Cleese's butt cheeks?
1: No, 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 no. I'm talking not not that part. I'm talking about the part that you and I've talked about. I can't get past the fat guy. Oh well, that's at the that's towards the end. Dude. No, that's at the very beginning. The fat no, it's guy, not. yeah, dude, no, yeah. It's not. No, well, I just uh, rewatched it. No, well, then the, then there's something wrong with the copy that I've seen because like the first thing that pops up on my screen is a guy eating all the food and exploding.
0: No, that's that you got some fucked up version because that's towards the
1: end. Yeah, I've never been able to. I've never. I've only. Yeah, I've never.
0: That's like part five. In I don't know. Then chapters.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So,
0: well, okay, so. Yeah, dude. No. (laughs) All right, that's fine. I'm not
1: going to argue with you, but
0: it opens up with all the uh, the British office workers becoming pirates.
1: Yeah, no, no, I don't think. Which is how?
0: So that was the first thing I saw of Monty Python was like because I'm thinking like, what the fuck is this movie going to be about? It's going to be about all all these old accountants fucking becoming pirates and like launching their business building across the fucking seas, (laughs) and then and then I and. And I I was into it, and then it ends, and I'm like looking at Michael, I'm like that's a fucking short ass movie. He's like, no, no, just wait. That was just the
1: opening segment. So I'm guessing he had seen it before.
0: Oh yeah, he 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 was a big. See, he introduced me to Monty Python, and then ultimately Faulty Towers, which I believe I... I've told you about.
1: Yeah, no, I've seen it, and I actually have a. I have, if I can find it, I don't know where it is. I actually have a book that I bought. Oh, really? Years and years and years and years ago. there was like, I don't know if you ever had this at your school, but they had had those like book fairs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They had a book fair where you would those get books for like- book fairs. Yeah. And you would get books for like next to nothing. I don't think the one that I got was schol- that's Scholastic, but I'm saying compared to going to like yeah. the bookstore. um, And it was the entire run of Faulty Tower scripts in a book.
0: They sold that at a fucking school? That's I, awesome.
1: Yeah. Um, so I have that book, and the only reason why I bought it was because it said John Cleese, and I. by that point, I'd already seen, so it might not have been Scholastic, but it was something I got at school. They they might have had, like, a, like one of those Christmas fair things, I don't remember. Anyway, the point was that I, I remember buying the thing, and I bought it because it said John Cleese, and I recognized the name because at that point, I had seen Holy Grail. You know what I mean?
0: Was that your only exposure to John Cleese? uh at the time
1: what holy grail yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah. because i knew his face and his voice before monty python when he was in the great muppet caper because i saw the great muppet caper when i was like four
1: okay so it's funny you say that so by that definition then no but I didn't know who John Cleese was and I didn't tie the two together until I went back and watched The Great Muppet Caper like last year just because I was sitting around one day and I was like, and they get to that scene and I'm like, whoa, oh, shit, that's Cleese. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah. But I tend to do that with the Pythons when they're in other movies, right? Like I don't notice it and then I go back and I watch and I'm like, oh, fuck, that's Palin or that's Idol or that's... Cleese or who you know. Eric
0: Idle is a great example because I remember him in Casper.
1: I didn't see Casper, so I know the movie, yeah. but I've never seen it. Yeah, Cleese, Cleese,
0: I saw most prominently in Great Muppet Caper. He was in Charlie's Angels, the one with Lucy Liu and and uh, Drew Barrymore. And but Everybody that did,
1: that didn't surprise me. He plays Lucy Lou's dad. Okay.
0: Um, it's and, a then he, uh, and then
1: strange choice, but sure. Well, I mean China and England,
0: who knows
1: Hong Kong uh, but, in England yeah, there you go. yeah.
0: <laughs> I think it was the implication that she was adopted um, ah gotcha but they never they never explicitly said that it was right, never like right. um, but uh and then also obviously Harry Potter because he plays nearly headless Nick. see
1: do you know where I saw him yes, you're right, I'm not gonna argue that but where I also saw him. That surprised me, but I was pleasantly surprised, is, and I've not seen the full movie, and you know I haven't, but I'd seen clips and sections. Um, I might, listen, I might have the wrong movie, but I know I have the right error, just to be clear before I get into this, so you can help me out. But I want to say it's Goldeneye, where he plays Q. Uh,
0: Close. Uh, he first appeared in The World Is Not Enough. The
1: not, okay, I, I I knew it was that Pierce Brosnan run, but I didn't remember which film. That's a good point. I forgot he was... Fuck, dude, I mean, Time
0: Bandits. I've talked about Time Bandits so many times, and he, and I remember seeing that as a kid. So there was a whole bunch of Cleese roles before Monty Python. Well, with with
1: no disrespect to anyone else in the troupe, I think when they broke off on their own, Cleese is probably the most successful in front of the camera Python.
0: Okay, because I was about to point out, Terry Gilliam probably has a little bit more. Yes. But yes, as an actor, for sure.
1: Right. Um. And I don't mean just but- comedy stuff, because that's the thing. Cleese does some non-comedy bits, because even... You know, like like for example, the Bond movie. He brings some humor to Q's character because again, I've seen that sequence, but it's right. not a comedy movie. It's Bond. You know, but
0: I mean, towards t- towards the end, those Brosnan movies were becoming a little bit more campy as opposed to serious, especially with Cleese in in you know on screen because he took over for uh, Desmond Llewellyn. Uh, as Q, but he had sort of like
1: passed, right? I think that's yeah, why he, he, had yeah, di- he had died. Yeah. He, old, he had died in a
0: car accident. He was also old, but he had died a car accident. Oh,
1: see, I thought uh, it was age. I didn't realize. Okay, anyway,
0: no. Uh, but he was getting. Re- he, ironically enough, he was getting ready to retire, which is why they brought in Cleese in the first place. But he did die of a car accident. Hmm. Um, and they like changed his name from Q to R, and then it went back to Q. Um,
1: right, because Q can be like a uh. uh... A designation is, as opposed to a, Hugh is short for quartermaster. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's just like M. I mean, M. You know, like Judy Dench stopped playing M, and they brought in Ra- Ray Fines, and they're still calling him M. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. I mean,
0: M was always the. I always, I always envisioned
1: M was like master or or. Or manager or something. Not not to get completely off topic, but and we've talked about this before. But I love that line in Casino Royale when he says, "I always thought M was a randomly assigned designation. I had no idea it stood for." And she goes, "Utter another word, and it'll be the last thing you ever say." <laughs> right. <laughs> That's just
0: in that case, M stands for murder.
1: Yeah, for real. Um, um, which I believe is a but- movie. Isn't it M? M is for murder or Dial M for murder? I think is actually a dial movie. Dial M for yeah. murder,
0: yeah, it's a old. I think
1: it's a Hitchcock film. Um, I think so, yeah. Anyway, we're we're getting way off there, but TV. who's your? So, would you say Cleese is your favorite Python? You know, it's funny. Um, I want to say yes, just because he's the most on screen. Like, not, not necessarily in Python stuff, but, I mean, just like we just talked about. like in He's the in most prolific pro- actor. Right. He's the most... You see him the, mo- the most of all the Pythons that have gone on to do things. Right. I actually have to tell you that going back through this, so I think Michael Palin might be my favorite. He is funny as fuck, and I think a little underrated, honestly.
0: I have to agree. Uh, I wouldn't say he's my favorite, but I think he's definitely... You could tell that he was definitely one of the ones that came up with all the best jokes
1: well see, the thing with palin is he seems to be the most diverse because i feel like cleese is just always cleese just in with a slight like like the centurion is not much different than sir galahad or um lancelot do you know what i mean or yeah cleese is definitely the most aggressive for sure, and, and and that works, and you need that, and and it and it's good. But like mm-hmm. Palin, pilot is very different from Lancelot. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or do I, No, Galahad. You know, I'm getting it's,
0: my. I, it's it's hard to keep track of. But uh, I'm saying, opposites. but
1: then then you every once in a while, Cleese will throw that curveball because when he's playing Tim the Enchanter, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like
0: he does, but he still he always looks a little imposing. Because he's the tallest. Oh well, sure. He, yeah, he has that. Like Graham he carries Chapman, himself very regal. Yeah, but but like Graham Chapman also, what he's the difference between him playing Arthur and Brian, so to speak, is as Arthur you get that kind of pompous aggressiveness that Cleese would have been perfect for, but Cleese would not have been good as Brian, even mm. though he lobbied really fucking hard, and then. They started seeing uh, Chapman do uh, Brian. They were like rehearsing, and Cleese was like, "Yes, he's the better choice." Like, just I
1: look. I'm I'm probably going to be talking sacrilege to some fans, but to me, Graham feels the most one one act. Like he doesn't have a whole lot of range. Um, to me, but- I mean, com- compared to. Compared well, to the other the other members of the troop, to the other members of the, the other pythons, you know, like I it, would
0: say, let's exclude Gilliam because Gilliam doesn't really
1: Gilliam Gilliam's wasn't always
0: the, the, the henchman type of character. Yeah, he
1: wasn't. Look, with because his his brain, you mm-hmm. know, his ideas and and his animations, you don't have Python without a lot of that, but from an on-screen perspective, he was always, like, a secondary person. Now, I will never... I will never criticize him, you know, as a, as not a python. Like, as far as I'm concerned, he's right there with the rest of them. But... Sure. But he was always Patsy, or or the crazy, you know, jailer, or... You know what I mean? Like, he's never, like... He always plays a little grotesque.
0: He's always a grotesque character. Yeah. Um... I would say Graham Chapman has more range compared to like when he goes from Arthur to Brian because Brian is a complete fucking weakling, and he's always emotional and he's always sounding like he's about to have a nervous, uh, yeah, you know, anxiety but, attack.
1: But I, I guess I guess what I'm saying is like, well, honestly, I think Eric Idle is the, probably the most. He he is the most. He's one of the
0: more talented ones. Sure, but his, his and he does great accents, but he still has that... He's the nice-looking one. He's always the one who's kind of, like, got a big, toothy smile.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. I can't argue with that. What I was gonna say about Graham, though, real quick, and I hate that I feel like I'm talking ill of the dead, because... But I don't mean to, but he, he... He... even though Brian and King Arthur are very different characters, they're not there's not a lot of like it would be like here, let me try this comparison. It's like, um now see, that doesn't even work either. I was gonna say like Mike Myers to Dana Carvey, because Dana Carvey can be just about anybody. Whereas I don't think Mike Myers has as much like even even with all the, the people he plays in in um so, the Austin Powers movies, you know uh, that it's fucking Mike Myers, whereas Dana Carvey can get, kind of get lost in the character in a good way. Do you know what I'm saying? I feel like...
0: Dana, Dana Carvey's a better impressionist. Mike
1: Myers is better at... Uh, physical doing, comedy? At physical comedy, I would say. Yeah. Um, but do you see what I'm saying? Like, Graham Graham doesn't have a wide range, whereas, like, you know uh Palin and idol to your point and uh, you know they and well Terry Jones we all yeah to I was, Terry I was Jones. getting there you just yeah. yeah Terry Jones too although I feel like Terry Jones always just was the woman like you know but he
0: was so good no he was he was, he was, <laughs> he was the best older fucking crotchety woman
1: I mean but let's let's be real the mud woman and Brian's mother are the same fucking person.
0: I mean, they have the same voice, the same outfits, look...
1: essentially, and a little bit of the same look. With with about you know, couple hundred years of difference. No, not really. Uh, yeah. No, no. Go put uh, those two characters side by side: the Mud Woman and and. And no, no, no. I mean, I mean, where the timing is set. Oh well, yes, that's different. But I'm talking that's about. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I agree with you there. But I'm, I'm talking about, but the character itself, in terms of a a diverse, you know, that's it, not very different from each other.
0: No, but uh, I mean, that's what you get when you get the same fucking what six people playing the same like acting all the roles.
1: Yeah. Oh, and that's one of the things that you got to give. Python credit for is like Saturday Night Live would cast you know fifty people if they felt like they needed it. I don't think they have like a cap. I don't think they would go that high, but you know what I'm saying. Like they'll
0: they have a small cast. I, mean, I think it's up but to it's, like not, 15
1: or 15. it's not. It's not six, right? That's the point I'm trying to get to. Do you know what I'm saying? Is it's not Python six, and and Python did stretch out. They had a they had a woman, um, the one who plays Zoot in Holy Grail. She's in a bunch of uh, flying circus... Chesterbrook Academy Preschool is here to help your child move forward academically, socially, and emotionally. You'll be amazed at the progress they'll make in our classrooms. They'll be ready for kindergarten and make lots of new friends in the process. So they'll be happy, and in turn, so will you. Contact us today to schedule an open house appointment starting at 10 a.m. on Saturday, January 22nd. Visit ChesterbrookAcademy.com to find a preschool near you. That's ChesterbrookAcademy.com.
0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match, limited by state law.
1: That sketches as well. Um, Connie Booth. Uh, one of I, them
0: was one of them was married, or was uh, with Cleese, because they. I think if it's, if it's Connie Booth and they started Faulty Towers together.
1: I, I don't. She, I'll have to. I'll have, plays, have to look her uh, name.
0: The the waitress.
1: I don't know what
0: that means. In Faulty Towers.
1: I I've never actually watched Faulty Towers. I've only read the book.
0: What the fuck? You that the dude. No, dude. Why? No, it's no, not. You, I, it it wasn't by choice. Reading the script of Faulty Towers, you got to see the movie or the show.
1: It wasn't by choice. It was just having it's the... on Netflix. All right. Well, I'll get there. I now mean... you
0: have no choice.
1: No, I have do no not choice. watch
0: another Avengers movie. Fucking watch Faulty Towers, dude.
1: Um, no, I don't think it's Connie Booth because they said Connie okay. Booth played the witch.
0: Yes. No, the
1: the woman I'm thinking of is uh, Carol Cleveland.
0: Okay, I'm still kind of reeling from the fact that you haven't, you didn't go through meaning of life, no pun intended. Um. So what did you watch? You watched Life of Brian, Holy Holy Grail, Grail, and 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 some some episodes of a handful of
1: Flying Circus, yeah.
0: So you didn't watch time Bandits, like I asked you to.
1: I didn't get a chance, but I had seen it before. It's been years, but I did see it before.
0: But if but if you go into it looking at all the dwarves as representations of the Python troop, it makes it even more funny. Well,
1: it, and I, I'll try. Listen, man, you know, I only get so many days in a week, and I am working a full time job again. So
0: that's true. But I don't want to hear. Oh, well, I rewatched Civil War the other day. Fuck you.
1: <laughs> watched Iron Dude, you gotta get off me about that. I watched more than just Marvel movies. Like last week, last week before we even decided to do this, I went back and did all the JJ Star Trek movies because I felt like it. So
0: okay, what'd you watch last night?
1: Last night, last night I watched The Life of Brian, and then Mon- okay. and then and then Holy Grail as so I went to sleep, and only because I went to sleep because I had seen it like yeah a countless number of times that I didn't really need. To. I,
0: I didn't. I didn't even re-watch Holy Grail because I saw it like three months ago.
1: No, I, I did just because I love it so much and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to sleep anyway. I might as well put on holy grail. <laughs> right. Um and I got farther than I thought I would. I got to um I got to the um the Trojan bunny rabbit before I fell asleep. So
0: Jesus Christ <laughs> Yeah di- Oh a different bunny rabbit.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. No, they I think he says it then too when they launch it back over the wall at him. Oh yeah, you're yeah.
0: right, you're right, you're right.
1: To, you're right, um, different bunny rabbit, but still bright line. you
0: love bunny rabbits. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, By okay, the way, so... can, I,
1: can I say that I feel like only a hand... Not to go completely off topic again, but when, when Ready Player One came out and aired, I guarantee you there was only a handful of people who watched that movie who got the holy hand grenade when he oh, bought I that.
0: Know. I don't know that's true. I mean, I think I think because Holy Grail has got is such a huge has such a huge fan base for especially for guys in our, you know, respected age group because you don't have to be forty or twenty nine. You could be I mean, that movie rents
1: so much at the video room. And you where know what?
0: We, it, had to, we had to buy an extra copy.
1: It holds up. Like that's it the does other thing. Hold. It it yeah. I mean, Life of Brian holds up too, but the Holy Grail holds up, I think, better.
0: Well, because it's a timeless film, it's set in you know at you know in Arthurian times, so you, anybody can appreciate it. But it's also because it's
1: wacky, it's silly, and I did you know. I did test something with it last night that I've been curious about because I could see Python doing this. So hear me out, right? Um, after you get through the opening credits that I'd only want to get into because I think we're going to be doing a deeper dive into the Holy Grail at a later date, so I don't want to go too deep into it. But at one point after the opening credits, before the first scene. It says 932 AD England, right? But I could see Python, because if you look at it, the 2 is a lot smaller and up in the right-hand corner. And for math people, that means cubed or uh, squared. Right. Yeah. So I I did the math to make sure it wasn't, like, something else. It, it's got to be 932, because 93, 93 squared is, like, 8000 something. So, it's definitely not unless the space aliens come back again. I don't think it's 8000 something, but <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> um it, it's similar funniness. uh when they did Life of Brian, they they opened it and said uh 80, you know, 33 on a Wednesday or some shit. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, because then um, that, and then because then they do it on Saturday. They also do that right. later, and then that's the last time you know what day of the week it is. I think it's the last time they actually reference what day it is. But, <clears throat> uh,
0: I like Life of Brian. I I don't think it's I don't think it's my favorite. I I think on a personal level, I love Meaning of Life because it was my first introduction to everything. But I I definitely concede that Holy Grail is. Probably the funniest. Well, I I but, will. But, but, but I, will. I was laughing really fucking hard at Meaning of Life last night. Like I was no. really laughing.
1: Hard. Oh, I'm sure you were. And and you're right. When it has those, you know, memories to go with them. You know, what I mean, that's why I think you're you're not wrong that that Holy Grail is probably the funniest. But I think one of the reasons why I personally laugh at it so hard is because I still remember sitting next to my friend who introduced mm-hmm. me to it, who was a huge fan, and like. He's such a fan and loves it so much that he was laughing at stuff that hadn't even happened yet right before it happened. Like he was one of mm-hmm. those guys. So like and I remember those moments. You know what I mean? Like like sure. the like, it's only a flesh wound with the black knight, like before the guy before John Cleese ever says it, he's already laughing because he knows it's coming. You know what I mean?
0: Well, going back to how we were kind of talking about how Cleese is like the aggressive python, that's a great example because he plays the Black Knight. Right. He's this you know,
1: aggressive fucking like, you know, shall you show and, then- and Yeah, yeah. And he's also the guy carrying out the dead one. Like, he's not, you know, like, I'm not dead yet. Oh, shut up, you will be, you know.
0: He's also death in Meaning of Life. He plays okay, death. I can see that. There's, there's a, por- I don't know if you remember, there's a portion towards the end.
1: I've told you, where- I've seen the one scene and lose it every time. So. Oh my God. So you've never
0: even seen the fucking movie. There's a it's really because each chapter is about a portion of this person's life. life. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. No, not not one person's life. Just just life. Oh, because the the,
1: the write up says that it's one person. The write up on uh, on Wikipedia.
0: No, I don't I don't know who wrote that. That's inaccurate. It does open after the initial, you know, pirate fucking movie little short they have it does open with the miracle of birth, and it shows like uh Graham Chapman, who actually was a doctor, but he didn't open a practice like he actually trained to be a doctor uh, so they he always frequently plays doctors if you if you he does yeah.
1: yeah 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 um
0: and uh John Cleese and they a woman's getting ready to deliver. And they are trying to tell her how, how uh, lucky she should be because they've got all this really expensive equipment to do the birth. And they're just kind of not doing their job. And then the, the head of the hospital comes in and it's Michael Palin. And, and, and then they pretend to be all busy and deliver the baby and they bring in a whole crowd of people like photographers this poor woman is like giving birth to like a fucking sea of men and women just like looking at her and then as soon as the guy uh the head of the hospital walks out they just kind of rip the baby out from her and and then they say all right show it to the mother and they just kind of like chad cleese just kind of waves it like here you see and then just like like <laughs> smacks it and then uh all right, frighten the baby, and then they just pull out a fucking cleaver and cut the umbilical cord, and that makes it scared instead of smacking on the ass, and then wrapping in a towel, and then they just walk the fuck out, and she's just left there, and then she's like, "Is it a boy or a girl?" He's like, "Well, it's not really fair to generalize it now, is it?" But <laughs> I was when I first saw that, I'm like, "That's kind of like, in a roundabout way, like a, like a a transgender joke." Like, yeah, it's like yeah. very early, and I don't know if it was the intent, but I'm like. That's that's kind of way ahead of its time. It was like, don't assume it's a boy. Like, huh? Yeah, that's yeah. I hadn't thought of it but, that way, but sure. But in the complete opposite, he does play death. There's a whole point where he goes to a small cottage, and it's uh, British and American people having a, like a you know dinner in a cottage, and death, you know, it grim reaper attire. Like, has, like, you know, skeleton hand and everything, knocks on the door, and they're, and, and uh, Graham Chapman opens the door. And I'm only saying that because he was the first one to die. Yeah. Which is really fucking eerie that, you know, he opens the door to death, and he's the first one.
1: And it also and, ironic that, like, I was doing some research before we started, and apparently, like, him and Cleese... That's one of the reasons why Flying Circus ended because they were like butting heads. It's not the only reason, but it was part of the contribution to why I found I can, Flying I Circus ended. That. Because apparently Chapman was like in the throes of alcoholism and Cleese was getting fed up with it.
0: Well, Cleese was having. I don't. I mean, Cleese's daughter started drinking and doing drugs at 11. So mm. he was very sensitive to that to uh, abuse alcohol and drug abuse right so i think seeing his partner and it's, it's hard to work with somebody let alone be their friend sure. it's hard to work with somebody who's you know drinking that much i mean he was reportedly having to drink so much during holy grail that like the the part where they're near the bridge graham chapman um thought he was having a panic attack because of the height of the bridge and everything because that was a precarious fucking bridge as well sure um, but it was really him going through the DTs he didn't realize it he, he thought he was just nervous and he had to huh. drink a bunch to go on a fucking film a lot of that movie
1: that's uh, yeah
0: there, there's some there's a weird segment of meaning of life I and you haven't seen it, but it's it literally they stopped the movie in the middle of the movie. And it's Eric Idle in, like, a in woman attire. They're like, welcome to the middle of the movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> instead of doing an intermission, it's just like, like a news broadcast. Like, hello, welcome to the middle of the movie. That's right. You've reached the middle of the film. you know, halfway there. No part of, You know, you just take your time. And now we're going to play a game of Find the Fish. And you're like, what the fuck? And then it shows the segment that is so out of left field, even more for the Python troop. It is the most bizarre fucking thing. Forget the fat dude blowing up. Forget the Python troop being fish. Forget everything else. It is straight up, I think it's Gilliam and Graham Chapman. And Gilliam later said that he wrote the sketch as uh, the bizarreness of our dreams not making sense, but it didn't deliver. So it's just a bizarre sequence and you don't know what the fuck it means. <laughs> That's but complete. I shit you not, Graham Chapman is, like, without anyone realizing it, is Lady Gaga. Like, you look at that scene, it's it's Graham Chapman in, like, Lady Gaga attire and wig and, like, makeup and you're just like, dude, they fucking came up with Lady Gaga before like she did. Like
1: it's the, it's like a Simpsons thing, like, right, right? Right? Like, right? What the?
0: F- you don't? I mean, eventually you're gonna have to watch. I'll try Meeting it again. Life, but, I'll try it again. Yeah. Yeah. Watch Meeting of Life. Watch Time Bandits because Time Bandits, dude, I fucking it, it is the uh, it is an unofficial Python film because John Cleese plays Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah, Michael yeah. Peyton no, was I, in I, it. Terry yeah. Gillen directed it.
1: There's even um, there's another one. that's called. Um, I think it's called Caveman. It's it's technically Ringo Starr, but Gilliam's involved, and well, they I think it's they, Gilliam. Uh, there's another
0: one. So it's it's weird that you bring up a, a Beetle, because uh, when they made Holy Grail, they only made it for four hundred thousand dollars, which to, to you and me is a lot of money. But for but a for movie, movie, yeah, yeah. And if you look at that movie, you're like, this was only four hundred k. That's
1: Ridiculous. Well, I mean, that's one of the reasons why there's not horses in the movie.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, that that was uh, that was Eric Idle's idea. I said, thought it was Gilliam's. Well, we... No, it, it was it was either Palin or Idle. I think it was Idle, and he was just like, "Well, we can't afford horses. Why don't we just take two coconuts and do this?" And and it, and, and not, it, o- it's...
1: N- not only did they do that, though, that, that then becomes one of the most recited scenes to people that are fans of that movie because you got the sequence, they turned into a whole bit, not just the horse, but there's that whole sequence where uh, they're talking to a the swallow. castle. The swallow, yeah. Yeah. And that runs yeah. through the movie because there's little thro- there's little throwbacks to that throughout the rest of the movie that I don't think people realize.
0: What, a European swallow or an African swallow?
1: Well, <laughs> not just that, but when he first meets, um, and I'm sure we'll get into this again when we do the movie, but like, um, when he when he meets um, fuck, why am I blanking on the the guy who's got the grate that he flips off? It's Terry Jones behind the, the thing, uh-huh. but, um, and it, the the whole witch scene. But right as it goes, right as the camera pans onto him as they're bringing the witch to him, he's holding a swallow. And a coconut on a string, and he throws it into the air to see if the swallow can carry the coconut. Yeah, you know, like
0: the, the the I mean, I saw an interview with John Cleese, and he basically was like, "You have no idea what you can come up with when you have no money." But for real, <laughs> in comparison, Life of Brian almost wasn't made because they they figured, "Hey, we made Holy Grail for 400k." It was successful, but I mean, everyone—none of the Pythons lo- like liked making that movie. It due to Graham Chapman's drunkenness, and it was miserable weather because it was in Scotland, and it's always fucking raining in Scotland. And and they were only allowed to shoot at one castle, so they had to kind of keep improvising of how to make this one castle look different than other castles and shit. Um, they had to, you know, obviously they didn't have horses and blah 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 blah. blah so. But they had written Life of Brian. They thought this is going to be the best fucking movie we could ever come up with. But no studio wanted to give them the money. And then Cleese uh, was going to do another film with, um, oh, shit, uh, Peter Sellers. He Because, you know, Life of Brian wasn't going to happen. So he signed on to do a movie with Peter Sellers. I can't remember which one. And Eric Idle called him up and said, hey, yeah, we're, 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 doing, uh, we're doing Brian. He's like, "How?" He's like, "Oh, uh, George Harrison is going to give us the money." He's like, "How do you know?" Wait, George Harrison? Why? He's like, "Oh, uh, I sent him the script." And,
1: and he's then, a, he, he was uh, a huge, he was a huge Flying Circus fan. He was a and he, huge, and, and then he,
0: yeah. Oh. And he called back and said, "Uh, yeah, I'll put up the money." I'm like, well, why? And
1: and, and because, so
0: I, because I want to see the movie.
1: I'll take it a step further because I'm sure you haven't seen this and it's not meant as a, a you, but like when George Harrison died, there was a concert for George. It's a, it's a two hour long concert of them playing some of his music and other things and the surviving Python show up yeah, and sing, sit on my face and tell me you love me, <laughs> you know, as a... Yeah as a kind of an homage to to him so it's it's a it was cool because i remember the first time i saw that concert um i see them come up and do the bit and i just started dying and it was funny because i was working at goodie it was when i was still working at the, the record store and mm-hmm. it was right after george had passed well not right after right after the concert had come out because the concert mm-hmm. took some time to put together but they did the thing and they put it and so we're playing it in the <laughs> <laughs> and, and really? the pythons come up and they do it. Now, they thankfully, they wore pants. So, because if you right. see the Hollywood Bowl version, which I have seen, they're not wearing... When they turn around to go off stage, none of them are wearing pants. Spoilers. Right. But, um... You want to hear an interesting thing about Holy Grail, though? Sure. So, in... It's not about anything about making the movie, but in, nine, in two, 2011... Uh, ABC and ABC News and People Magazine came up with their greatest movies of all time. And it's like the top five in a bunch of different categories. Mm-hmm. Um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail came up number two in best comedy. What's number one? Airplane, apparently. Oh, that's... I mean, I like Airplane, but... I, I'd go I'd go Holy Grail over Airplane. I'd
0: go Holy Grail over Airplane. I mean, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy Airplane,
1: but... This is a list, by the way, of stuff that, like... This is a whole thing that I should, like, bookmark. Because we should talk about this list. It's not bad, but it, I think you would find a lot of it kind of like, hmm. Yeah. I think... Let me put it this way.
0: Because they're British, I think a lot of some of the jokes... Just due to pronunciation, kind of go over some Americans' heads.
1: Oh yeah, like, for sure. And yeah.
0: I think that's why airplane is number one because I think Americans are just not getting all the jokes unless they have subtitles on. <laughs> which uh, which I always watch movies with subtitles on usually, um, because then I I can especially if it's a British film, I get all the jokes.
1: Dude, I seriously—I look, I love talking Python, but I seriously almost want to do this list like right now. But it would take a whole damn episode. Like that's the problem. No, it's, no, it's, no.
0: We'll, we'll save that article. We'll do it. We'll do it. it
1: it's impressive. I did. I did save it. But it's 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 a you and I could have some fun picking this thing apart. I think. But
0: um, another.
1: Have you seen the movie A Fish Called Wanda? No, I've seen some scenes, but I've never seen the whole movie. So, A Fish Called Wanda, just like. Time Bandits. I believe, it's yeah, a,
0: it's sort of an unofficial Python film. I would list a fish called Wanda as one as well.
1: It's didn't it's, is it Gilly McGinn or is it Palin that one? It's one of them. It's it's Cleese and it's Palin. No, um, but one of them directed it, didn't he? I thought. Uh, Cleese
0: wrote it. I don't. Okay, know maybe that's what directed. I'm
1: thinking of. Maybe that's what I was thinking of then. Okay, my fault.
0: And it's. It is one of the, just like how we were talking about, like, Life of Brian is the most coherent of the Python films. This is definitely just a straightforward sort of caper. It's a comedy caper. But it's outrageously fucking funny. I think there's, like, if you get at least two members of the Python film, it's an unofficial Python film. You know what I
1: mean? Well, yeah, because you have Palin and Cleese in this one. Yeah. Um, Cleese got writing credits. hmm But... Was uncredited as director, but apparently he co directed it with Charles Crichton. Crichton, Crichton, I would say, is how you would say that.
0: Yeah, Charles, uh, well, Michael Crichton, the author, is pronounced Crichton, so if it's the mm-hmm. same spelling, I
1: would presume. It's it that. is, that's why I went that way, but I don't know that it's him, or that it's the right. Pronunciation because it pronunciation, could be different, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, it, it, it You it is spelled you would the same probably
0: way. like a fish called Wanda, dude. I, called I, don't Wanda think is... I, would, I don't think
1: I would. don't think I wouldn't. Um, just some of these things just never, you know. I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at some of the the names in here, and obviously Cynthia Cleese, I'm guessing that's his daughter because she looks yeah. young. So, uh, I mean, maybe it's fish his called wife. Wanda.
0: I think is on HBO. You, you... Okay,
1: yeah, based uh, doesn't say and if Michael it's...
0: Palin. You fucking you will love his character because he's he's got a really bad stutter and he he learned that by his father had a really bad stutter
1: speaking speaking of stutter let's get let's get to a scene from Life of Brian that cracked me the fuck up like here's the oh, thing the like python python what well, not python holy grail makes me laugh out loud multiple times throughout the film every time i watch it it doesn't matter and i've seen it a lot. So but every time I see it, there are sequences that still just make me laugh out loud, like the help help I'm being repressed makes me laugh out loud every fucking time. You know what I mean? Um to your point, Graham Chapman yelling, Jesus Christ, both times makes me laugh mm-hmm. every time yeah. I see, you know. Um uh, and the last, the last one I'll mention is Lancelot saving Galahad from the peril of Castle Anthrax is one of the oh funniest fucking things I've ever seen. Because <laughs> he's like, you
0: feel for that character so.
1: Not only really do you feel for the character, but he's like, I want to go face the bro. No, no, it's too perilous. You know, like that line just makes me die out loud. Life of Brian didn't do that. There were definitely scenes that I laughed at, and there were things that I laughed about. You know. Mm-hmm. Like when, when Brian's girlfriend, when they're going to crucify him and, and Brian's girlfriend comes running in and she's like, we need to do it. And they go and have this meeting about whether or not they should go and help him. I laughed out loud at, you know, because, probably or, because I've been in meetings like that. where Like we have the meeting about having a meeting. Like I've been right there. Right, um
0: Or you didn't, you didn't laugh at Biggest Dickus,
1: No, I laughed at that too. But I'm saying, but like, there's not, there are you know sequences also that I didn't like when, when he ends up being like the preacher for the first time like when he falls off the thing and he's like I'm sure people laughed their asses off of that and I was like okay it's funny but like you know what I mean anyway but the two jailers right where you've got <laughs> you know you've got Eric Idle and Terry and I'm, it looks like Gilliam to me it's Gilliam uh, yeah. for sure yeah Um, Gilliam can't understand shit you know And then, um, and then, you know, Idol's got the stutter, which honestly, I have a friend who has a stutter currently. And as a result, I've become a little more sensitive to it. Not that I was ever not sensitive, but I've become a little more sensitive to it. So for sure. So I was a little like, eh, when it started doing it or when he started doing that. But they go through the whole fucking sequence. And John Cleese comes in and says something to them and then they leave. He leaves and they start talking normal. I yeah. lost <laughs> my shit completely. Yeah.
0: So did I. I thought that was so brilliant because we as an audience are we have to endure the gibberish and the stuttering and we're like we're all like, you know, portions of Holy Grail, like, get on with it right. like, you know. <laughs> yeah. And and then like John Cleese fucks off and it's just like so yeah, so I was talking to her like oh what would he say? <laughs> like yeah, and that's you just so what the fuck yeah yeah um, And you realize they're just doing it just to fuck with people. what yes. I, I, I Yes. And if that's not the best way like if I could if I could take a clip to show someone what my tho- what uh my thought, what Monty <laughs> Python is all about it would be that scene. Yeah. Yeah, I I could see I mean, that. I could I, show I, them I... the silly walks, I could show them the dead parrot. But that scene of just, like, it's grating, it's frustrating, you, you're laughing of the ridiculousness, and then the, the, the end result joke is, is just doing it to fuck with the people.
1: I, I think you could do that and may, maybe two scenes from, from Holy Grail, and they're both in the same basic sequence. So the first one is when, when they're reading the rules of the Holy Hand Grenade. Uh, yeah you know or when they finally get past the bunny and they're yeah. reading the carving on the wall and <laughs> yeah. you know those those two sequences as well cuz uh, he's <laughs> like he uh, wouldn't carve ah he would just say it well maybe he was dictating like i'm mean, <laughs> the
0: most I mean, it's, it's the best type of British humor. It, yeah. It, Monty Python...
1: And, and, and to to stress to our listeners who may not have heard other episodes, we are both huge fans of the original run of Whose Line Is It Anyway, which is very British and European as well. You know? Yeah. Um, I like the modern-day ones, too, with both Drew Carey and now with, you know, Ayesha Tyler running the more recent ones. But, mm-hmm. but the, that first run... With Clive Anderson way back on BBC Four, I think it was. You know, like funny as fuck. You know. Yeah. I mean, I would
0: I would say I was I was a bigger fan of Blackadder. Blackadder was definitely. I haven't
1: my seen that, so I need I need to probably watch that. But Blackadder might be on Hulu because I know
0: they have a lot of British.
1: I think it's on Netflix actually. I don't think
0: it was on Netflix. I think it or was maybe I'm I, ge- it was on I, you YouTube. know what
1: I'm getting at no I'm getting at confused with a completely different British show where it's 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 not a comedy but it's um the first episode the Prime Minister has to determine whether he's gonna fuck a pig on national television. What is that show called? Oh.
0: I don't know. That sounds awesome though.
1: Yeah, like someone like threatens to blow up like a major portion of London if if the if the Prime Minister doesn't go on. It's not a comedy though, but that's why I'm getting confused. It fucking sounds like it though. What is that show? Black mirror Black Mirror Black Mirror, I think it's called. That's why I think I oh, get it confused. Oh,
0: okay. I know, I know a Black Mirror. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> if you were pitching me that, I'm like, this is a funny ass episode.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's not. It's supposed to be pretty like dark and dingy, actually. But
0: I've I, I've seen I've seen some of Black Mirror.
1: Um. um there's also another one called Orphan Black. I don't remember. That's the one anyway. about the like the cloned woman, I believe. I think it's, I, I haven't yeah.
0: seen any of it. I know it's popular it as well. Oh, and the hell,
1: time. we both like Sherlock. With um, yeah, we we look we appreciate the we appreciate the Brits like for real. And it's not just because okay. we know people; like we were fans prior, you know. No, we we we're fans of shit, despite the fact that we know. <laughs> That's terrible. That's fucking terrible. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm sure Henry would fucking agree. He's like you know I was what?
1: thinking more about Rebecca to be honest
0: with you. Then,
1: yes, Henry would probably agree. It's Rebecca I was worried about. I'm um, sure
0: Rebecca would probably agree too. Be like, I mean, they they could dish it back at us. Oh, for like, sure. Oh. Yeah. So Sorry about, you know, you're all your American films like them hamming up the American, yeah, accent, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. one of the things that you're missing in Meaning of Life is that this is the most blatant. There's many portions where the troupe do American accents. All right. Some of them better than others. Like okay. Eric Idle nails it. Eric Idle nails the fucking American hey, accent.
1: By the way, if you're a fan, I know you're a fan of Idol. You, you you picked him as your your number one, right? Was that your? I don't think you actually ever said direct.
0: I no. I think I'd have to concede. Like I think, I think I would go Cleese because I like his. He's more prolific as a filmmaker. I go Gilliam. But if if we're ignoring, if we're doing on screen, um, I would say
1: probably
0: yeah yeah.
1: Because that's who you said earlier, but I don't think you actually said that's the one. That's why I bring it up with this. Go
0: ahead. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah. yeah, Wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or
1: more. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light.
0: Ow. 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 Ah. Some things never change. Ow. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. Ow. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie. I think I left the downstairs light on. P- please don't make me go. No. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. I think it's a toss-up. I think it's a toss between Eric Idle and and Cleese. Cleese. But I appreciate them all for different reasons. Oh, for That's sure. There's
1: no doubt. Just because I pick Palin doesn't mean that I don't appreciate the rest of them. Of course. Um.
0: I, um. I think Terry Jones is drastically underrated.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, let me let me just. Two things I need to ask you about, based on that sense. But let me finish my original thought first, and then I'll ask you my question. Um, are you familiar with the joke, the aristocrats about the family? I know,
0: I know of it, but I don't know the joke.
1: Well, the joke's never the same. That's the thing. There, there's no. There's no. Okay. The joke can be told literally a thousand different ways. The 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 kick to it is. You have to come around and get to the punchline. The punchline is the same no matter how you tell the joke. Okay. And that's one of the things that's it, it is considered by um, other comedians, stand-up comics, to be the, the stand-up joke ever. Like it is uh-huh. the joke, right? And there's to the point that there's a documentary that Penn Gillette did called The Aristocrats. Right. Have you ever seen that? No, but I know of it. I highly recommend, A, that you see it to get a full feel for the joke because I won't do it any justice if I try to do it. I won't. Um, Well,
0: you said it can be done a thousand different ways. Right, but...
1: Oh, you're saying you'd fuck up the punchline? No, I know the punchline. The punchline's easy, but if you... even, Even if... There's a basic concept to the joke, right? So there's... It can be told a thousand different ways, but there's still a small structure to it. Like, I can't just randomly make shit up like i have to stick to that structure but there's a lot of wiggle room anyway the point though is that when penn did this documentary on it i might even watch that tonight now that i think about it because i own it no no
0: no no no. you're allowed you have to watch at least two of the one of the fucking movies that i can't tell you to watch
1: maybe um (laughs) when 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 he's going around talking to different comics and comedic... Because he's not just talking to stand-ups. He talks to a lot of comedic actors and people like that, too. And he does talk to Eric Idle. And Idle... Some of the the people he talks to get to tell the joke and other people just talk about the joke. And Eric's one of the people that he... I'm sure they all maybe told the joke at some point. But Mm -hmm. Eric Idle got to do the joke. And he's very... Eric Idle when he tells a joke he's very animated and he's all over the, like they 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 had to do a wide shot. We'll put it that way because he's just so all over the place when he tells the joke, but it's very Eric Idle, you know.
0: I I think I like Eric Idle because I like his voice the most. His he, voice
1: sounds the most pleasant to me. He I would say he has the most distinct voice of the of the Pythons with Cleese being a very close second, honestly. Um,
0: sure. Not not um,
1: most vari- variable, but like if you if I put you in a room and blindfolded you and put headphones on you and just played you voice samples of different people, I would I would bet a hundred bucks you would pick those two out before anyone else from the troupe.
0: I would definitely pick out Eric Idle uh, and and sure.
1: Cleese. I think you could. John Cle- Cleese has a very distinct voice because he's got a you know he's got a Jolly like a,
0: good. He's got that kind of raspy, like he, he sounds aggressive. Like, but he but also, he's, when he,
1: he's also very upper class. He's not cockney. Do you know what I mean? Like he's got that, that. No,
0: he's a bit pompous.
1: Right, right. That's what I mean. But I don't mean that as a shot at him, but it's in his no, voice.
0: It's it's um posh. As the Brits would call it, it's a little posh.
1: Yes, you know, yes. There you go. That's a very good word for it. Yeah. Uh,
0: whereas Eric Idle is very cockney. Even though like even when he even when he doesn't amp up the cockney it's
1: still there
0: so but he just has that kind of voice up here you
1: know like yeah 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 but palin can move his all over the place which is what i like about him goes low that's what i've noticed but he can go high too and he can do the lisp and he can do the the draw like i mean think about when he's doing pilot you know
0: yeah but he he his his natural thing is to go low and slow now here's
1: God, no, no, no! Finish your thought. Whereas, like sorry. Harry
0: Jones, for example, always, you know, is is when he's a man playing a man, he goes low and slow. But when he's a woman, he just nails the, you know, the oh shut up, like that, right, that high speechy right. fucking you know voice.
1: No, I have a question. That I should be able to find the answer to on IMDb, but the problem is, like we've talked about, the Pythons play like multiple people on every fucking movie. So if I try to find this character, it's going to take me a year because the the list of names next to each one of them is, you know, forever. Right. The guy in the jail in Life of Brian that's attached to the wall.
0: That's that's uh, Palin.
1: That is Palin. Yeah. See, but that's the thing, and that's what I, the other thing about him that I like is because because then that means he's also he's also the the main knight who says knee like the head of the knights of knee, yeah, and he's also I mean, the father of the the guy trapped in the tower. That would yes. be him, yeah. I, I mean, and we, that we sounds very different versatile. than Sir Galahad.
0: I think. I mean, yeah, Michael Palin definitely has done high pitch, but he he definitely. I mean, they all kind of do. The only one who doesn't do high-pitched is John Cleese.
1: Yeah, John, John Cleese doesn't really do different voices. And even then, there is one scene, there's one thing I've seen, it's not from the movies, where he does go a little high-pitched, but it's not, compared to those other guys, no, not at all. But, like, when he's talking, it's the dead parrot sketch. He's like, hello, Polly! You know, but it's still not anywhere near, yeah. Right.
0: He's at his most, he's at his nicest. Like in, in, uh, when he plays Robin Hood in Time Minutes. Because he, if you, I don't, just to remind the audience, Time Minutes is all about, like, these dwarves that, like, worked for God, got tired of not getting the credits, and they stole a map with full of, uh, time and worm, like, wormholes through time and space and shit. And they decided to, to like, steal from people of history, like, Robin Hood and Napoleon shit. So they just robbed Napoleon's ass, played by, uh, Ian Holm. And they go to, uh, you know, the middle ages and they in turn get captured by uh, the Robin Hood's merry men. And they, you know, they, they reveal that they're burglars and robbers just like, you know, they are. And so Robin Hood played by John Cleese because all the henchmen are dirty and grungy. They got shit on their face. And, and, and I mean that almost literally. And, and they're just like, there's also a character who like just like just doesn't speak a lick of inte- intelligible English, right? And they all look like Terry Gilliam. Let's put it that way. They all act and look like Terry Gilliam. And then like, oh, the leader's going to come out, and John Cleese in full-on green fucking outfit and tights and a fucked-up hat and the and the uh, feather and his hat and everything. He's like, oh yes, hello, I'm Hood. Just very proper he's like oh jolly good so you're all robbers are you he's like uh yes Mr. Hood. he's like oh well what can i say thank you very much and they're like what oh well thank you all this all this gold that you stole is gonna be great for us and he basically steals their fucking robbery to give to the poor and and they just don't know what to fucking say he's like oh the poor are gonna be so happy The poor? You don't know the poor? Oh, the the poor haven't got much to say, but they can't rub two cents together because that's because they're (laughs) poor. Like, just real proper and regal, and you're watching this like, how in the fuck?
1: I I hate to tell you, buddy, but your British accent, at least in that whole thing that you were just doing, was your calm Joker. Like, I I heard the Joker came through like five times when you were just doing it all. A little bit, but I mean... I'm not saying that's a I mean, shot at you, it was just funny to me that I'm hearing it and I'm like...
0: <laughs> well, I mean, Mark Hamill's Joker definitely has a little bit of a British inflection, but... Sure, sure. The If you watch that clip of, of Cleese as Robin Hood, it's not any different than what I just did.
1: No, I don't oh, know that. Oh, good. Yeah, I... Yeah, he's... he's They're they're all great, dude. This whole, and, and just to come together the way they did and do these films, you know...
0: When uh, Graham Chapman, you were talking about the the not animosity, but they were budding heads between Cleese and Chapman. Yeah. When Chapman died, uh, Cleese delivered the eulogy.
1: I've and seen it. I've yeah. It, you've seen you seen it? Because because when we did Terry Jones, you told me about it, so I went and looked it up. But please share for the audience in case they didn't. Well, again. he
0: he basically says like you know we we're all. I'm not going to attempt John Cleese talking normally. He's like we're all very sad and blah blah blah. He you know he died tragically young, but I'm here to tell you what an arrogant, loafing bastard he was for 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 doing this to us. You know we had a commitment and he had to just fucking die, or or something akin to that. Sure. And the audience is laughing and they said, you know, as I was writing this last night, I could hear Graham whispering in my ear and. And he, I know he would have said for me to shock you all because he said I was the first person to say shit on the British public radio. And he really, I'm sure, wanted me to be, be the first person to say the word fuck out of eulogy.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's really funny. Uh,
0: yeah. I i have I have a lot of respect for Graham Chapman. I have a lot of respect for all of them, but I, I do have to unfortunately agree think Graham Chapman... Is probably my least favorite.
1: Well, I just think it was at least diverse. I mean, as far as I understand, and from what I've done the research going in today, he he was one of the heaviest writers. Like he wrote a lot of the stuff. So certainly a funny motherfucker, but not not oh, yeah. the on screen comedy that we're used to when you think of like Palin and Cleese and Idol. You know what I mean? Like and and Jones you know, doing women and the old women and whatever. Because that's just, that's all, that's all, It's honestly, with all respect to Terry Jones, that's the only thing I think of when I think of him is just playing old women, whether it be the mud woman or, or Brian's mother or the spam woman or whatever, you know?
0: Or the fat fuck in Meaning of Life.
1: Right, the fat fuck in Meaning of Life, you're right, yeah.
0: Which is not what they call him,
1: but, I mean... They should have. They all,
0: they, <laughs> yeah, the fat fuck. They, they almost threw that whole sketch in the, in the trash and then police literally pulled it out of the trash to look at it again and he insisted they put it back in in the film for the sole purpose. he's like, dude, the waiter is the funniest part of this whole fucking sketch. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny, it's gross. And it's also the only time Quentin Tarantino has ever like been uncomfortable with like body parts being blown up it, it, he mentions its meaning of life. It's the only time he ever feels sick of gore.
1: Well that's and that's and that's where you lose me. I mean that's kinda you know, it's just it's it's not so much as gory, it's it's the perplexity. Not the gore, but just the disgustingness of it is The yeah. vomiting. The
0: vomiting yeah. and, and, and him like, Hey fuck off, I'm staffed to cut another bite. And you if you watch that again, John Cleese is like he wants him to blow up. He's oh like, yeah. it's just a little way for him. Yeah. And then he just sticks in his mouth and then runs the fuck away. Oh, yeah. Like he knew this little fucking wafer is gonna make this fat fuck blow up. It's Uh, oh, it is, and apparently uh, the fake vomit actually over the course of filming that over the course of what a couple days. Sure, the lights in the room made it kind of rank, so people are actually feeling sick and getting sick. Like I believe it. Yeah, it's one of those times where it's like, how much of that is? bullshit because then everyone starts throwing up and and like there's a a portion in Meaning of Life that I actually think is a great explanation for the Meaning of Life where Eric Idle plays a French waiter in, in that sequence and then he tells the cameraman to follow him and they go on this long walk and they eventually go to a cottage and he says that's what I was born you know, and and my my mother told me to. Uh, I, I I can't remember the dialogue, but it was such a beautiful. He's like, oh, you know, my mom said I could be anything I want, and you know, and and to please people, so I became a waiter. I want to please people, and then there's like a like a beat where no one says anything, and Eric Idle gets really like. Um, insulted that the cameraman's like, oh, what a good fucking job you did, you know. He's like, well, it's my choice. I'm a waiter. If you don't like it, you go fuck yourself. You know, fuck off. And I, I watched that. I'm like, that's actually probably the most, the, the closest I'll ever agree to the meaning of life. I want to make people happy. I'm going to be a podcaster slash comedian. If you don't like it, fuck off.
1: <laughs> Alright then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, dude, it's, I feel like we're, we're certainly not doing it justice, I don't think. Um, because it's so hard to, like, nail these guys down. Do you know what I mean? Like, we can sit there and, and take, like, a Batman movie and, and this is wrong and this is wrong and this is right and this is right. But, like, Python's just so all over the place and such a, Even you know, when it's
0: wrong, it's right.
1: Exactly. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's not, there's not a way to say that, well, they, you know, maybe I didn't find every sketch funny, but it's still funnier than 90% of the shit that's out there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know. I mean,
0: I have I I think I've laughed more at other things, but I still appreciate the zaniness.
1: You don't get um, things like Saturday Night Live without flying circus. You don't get a,
0: you don't get Black Adder, you don't get Mr. Bean, you don't get you don't get Faulty Towers. Faulty Towers, despite the fact that you read the fucking scripts but haven't seen the show is Insanely funny. Oh, and, I mean,
1: I think I've seen an episode or two, but I haven't. I, like watched like the series. You well, know? No,
0: you, so. you said you had watched it earlier.
1: Maybe, well, I'm as I'm thinking about it because it is it is on Netflix now. So I think I watched mm-hmm. an episode, but like not for this, like a while back. So
0: well, that's based on a real incident. The troop went to a fucking yeah, uh, a, t- a, a hotel, and they were met by the owner of the hotel was the rudest motherfucker they've ever come across, like to the point where. Um, uh, one of them, I think it was Idle or something, had like a clock, like an alarm clock, in his suitcase, and it rang because just just unexpectedly, and the guy picked up the suitcase and threw it out the window because he said it could be a bomb. Like, what the fuck, dude? You just threw my luggage out the window, like, and and uh, John Cleese plays Basil Fawlty brilliantly.
1: Yeah, I'll have uh, to try to none, go back and watch it.
0: None of the other troops show up. It's not like
1: right. It's, it's not like Michael yeah. Palin
0: shows up. It's just it's just John Cleese.
1: But but Cleese um, is pretty fucking funny. So I mean, and, oh, and 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 you get Connie Booth, who who you know plays around with it too. So
0: you get uh, I think his name is Andrew Sachs. He plays uh, Manuel. He's the the Spanish waiter in in the show. He, he's he's funny as fuck.
1: Uh, yes, that's Andrew Sachs. Yep.
0: There's a great episode called Waldorf Salad where an American uh, stays there and gets really pissed off because he wants a Waldorf salad, but Basil doesn't know how to make a Waldorf salad, so he keeps coming up with like different reasons to explain why they can't do a Waldorf
1: salad. Here's the interesting thing: the cast of Faulty Towers, right? Mm-hmm. At least three of these names sound like they're made up. I'm sure they're not, but they sound like they are. You've got Prunella Scales, (laughs) uh, Gillyflower, and to a lesser extent, Andrew Sachs, because it is spelled differently, but if you just hear the name...
0: I mean, it's funny you say that, because do you know what John Cleese's original family name was? No. Cheese. Well, there you go. His grandfather was, was... cheese and then changed it to cleese and uh john cleese actually had this great idea because he moved to uh california and he lives in monterey and he said how great would it be if i just changed my name to jack went back to the original uh uh, proper way of my last name and then i'd be known as monterey jack cheese that would be and he's like he said he considered it for like a day. Like he's like, I was seriously considering owning up to the joke of changing my name legally just because of a gag.
1: See, and that's what makes that I think that's a good thing to to talk about briefly, is that that's what makes the Pythons I think so wholly unique compared to anyone else out there.
0: That they're willing to, to do a uh, for the sake of being funny, they'll, they'll go that extra mile? They'll just
1: do whatever. They they'll, yeah. they don't they don't care what it does to them or what it looks like for them. They'll just do it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, we sit here and we've talked about how much we love Robin Williams, and we do. And he's a yeah. great comedian, and he's a great stand-up, and he's a great actor. But would Robin Williams do that? Probably not. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, he'd go um, far, but I don't think he'd go that far. You know? Would he would he write his name on a wall like that? Why? Sure, but would he legally change his name? No. John Cleese probably no. would have legally changed his name to, back to Cheese, so that he could say he was Monterey Jack Cheese. You know right. what I mean? Like, you know what I'm getting at? Like, like the, well, all of them uh, the would point have done is that. that. He didn't.
0: He thought about it for a day, which is more than most people would.
1: Uh, no, it's it's it's. I will I will argue that it's 23 hours and 55 minutes longer than anyone else probably ever would have thought about it.
0: Yeah, I think (laughs) I think Robin Williams would have thought about doing something similar, but the point is that neither of them did it.
1: No, you know, I I actually want to. But do you get the point I'm making? I I definitely get the point.
0: Would you Would you say that there are unofficial Pythons, like a lost Python? Because I keep thinking of certain ones, like Rowan Atkinson, would not be one. Let's put it that Mm. way. But Stephen Fry
1: would. Eddie Izzard would he would be in, 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 in uh, not not unofficial pythons it would be this generation more than unofficial I think you know what I mean like if you yeah um yeah I, I I would agree with those there's the one guy you you and I are both fans of Tony Slattery that's who I had to think of his name but he was from the original he's from the original who's Line. he was on a oh, bunch of okay I I would I would put him in that in that Mix.
0: I I would throw Rick Mile in it. Rick Mile. I don't Mile, know him. Rick Mile uh, was a British comedian who died very young, um, and he he was in the show The Young Ones. He was also uh, in Blackadder, but he it's hard to explain. He just just anarchy in in British in a British dude's body. It was it was just the. Bizarre way of—I don't know how to explain it. He would have been perfect for the Monty Python troupe. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, if if we could throw Americans in.
1: Well, wait, no, Rob, no, 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 Rob, no, 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 stop. Because <laughs> you're you're getting into my next my next idea, so don't don't do that yet. Or do you have any more for what your point was, though? For British, yeah,
0: or British. Not that I can really think of at the top of my head. Maybe Ricky Gervais. Maybe, yeah. Ricky Gervais would have been a writer. Let's put it that way.
1: He would have been like Jones, probably like he would have been like the Terry Jones of the group, maybe. Sort of, yeah. I think yeah. I
0: think he would have been more prolific as a writer, and maybe been like on screen as a henchman or 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 something akin to that. Right. He would okay. have been the one who would broke character the most. Let's put it that way.
1: Well, yeah. So now, now flipping it over to where you were kind of going anyway, if we were going to make an all American Python group. And believe me, this does not mean that we think that the Python should be American by any means, because Monty Python, the, the the fact that they're British and their British uprising upbringing is what makes Monty Python, Monty Python. And and of and that's what it is. But if we were going to take American actors or whatever, comedians and make a and I'm talking all time. So we're they don't have to be. No, oh. let's, take, uh, all let's take let's take six people and make Monty Python the American version. Which probably is the upright citizens brigade, honestly, but that's another conversation. Um, uh, see, I think I, could, I, I there's one name that immediately came to mind, but he's not American, so it's automatically a disqualification. Who? Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis would be a Python.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I could see that. Um,
1: but he's not. I mean, if we're, we're doing, not, we could do North yeah. America, We could do North American, so we could. We include the include
0: the Canadians, yeah, um,
1: and and that way that way he could be in consideration because I I, I genuinely because you know who he is in that group, honestly, he's Gilliam, he's Terry Gilliam. Maybe he doesn't have the directing chops, but he's he's Terry Gilliam. Rick Moranis, I think so, yeah. Uh,
0: I would I would label him more as the Palin, okay, more of a quiet uh, yeah, guy.
1: yeah, yeah, I could I could see that. I I I feel like I feel like Palin's got a little more range. Then, then Moranis, not that Moranis doesn't have range, but I'm saying like if we're, if we're doing a side by side comparison, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, so
0: yeah. I, I would, I, I would throw in Robin Williams.
1: Yeah. Robin for sure.
0: Um. um I would actually probably throw in Steve Martin.
1: Well, and and let's. And let's try to. I'm trying to keep a list here while we're talking. But let's let's put them side by side. So if you're doing Robin, not arguing the fact, but if you're doing Robin, who's his who's his original Python counterpart?
0: I think Robin would probably be closest to. Hmm, that's good. This is this is harder than I thought it was gonna be. Right. Robin yeah. would probably be closest to,
1: Idol or Terry Jones. I don't-
0: I would say Gilliam, honestly, in terms of the anarchy in the brain, I think it probably. You think, you think be... Gilliam's
1: that? Not to take away from, him, but do you think he's that that quick like that?
0: Um, I don't know if it's that quick, but when, based on all his drawings and and direct and features he's done, he's got a bizarre sense of humor and and imagination. And okay. Robin had that. Robin could see. You could show up a black and white. Photo, and he would see color
1: True, true. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Sure. Um. um so pfft. if you go, if we go, see Martin. And look, we're gonna we're gonna make it longer and then narrow it down. We'll narrow it down, and that's kind of how we'll end this thing. Is just with this list. Sure. But um. So Steve, I see Steve Martin. Probably Steve Martin. The, that's Cleese, right? Gotta be.
0: Either Cleese or Chapman, because I think they're both kind of. The yeah. dry, sardonic, yeah. aggressive. Uh,
1: I I think more Cleese than Chapman, but that's okay. me. You want to go Cleese? All right. Um, see, Martin Short could be is could be uh, Palin. The more I'm thinking about it,
0: um, I'm trying to think of who would be a comparison. I mean, Martin Short's not a bad poll. I like Martin Short. I've always lo- You know, if if we're really being honest. Chevy Chase would be Cleese. Because yeah. Chevy Chase is complete yeah. monster. Yeah. But I don't like Chevy Chase. Neither do I. <laughs> Neither but it I. also would be kind of like throwing Bill Murray in there as well, because I I acknowledge Bill Murray
1: is that height of of you community. know who could you know you know who could be Cleese maybe. No, I think he may be more of an idol, but um, Ramis. I Ramos? I was gonna go Ackroyd. Now that I think about it. Well, here's the other thing. I want. I want to go. I want to try to be a little more diverse if we can. Because so
0: we're, we're just kind of throwing in all the people from
1: SNL. Well, not just that, but like Chappelle could probably pull off something.
0: I think it's more likely Eddie Murphy would be Eric Idle. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Nothing against Steve Chappelle. I think.
1: 'Cause I'm thinking about it, Chappelle's show and his his diversity there. You know, I'm trying to look that's, at it from that perspective. That's very
0: true. Um I think yeah, in that aspect. I just don't know if they would you not only do we have to consider who would work who would be the John Cleese, the chapman. They'd all have, that to shit, have to work together. Exactly. That's true. And I don't I don't know Is Chappelle getting along with any <laughs> No, it's not that. I think Robin Williams and Chappelle would have gotten along. I don't think Chevy Chase would have gotten along with any of them. Well, that's but, yeah. That's, that's
1: why another reason why I'm not really wanting to write him down.
0: Uh, well, then we got to find somebody who could replace. I mean, I, I, think
1: well, I, think, I think. Martin. I think I think Steve Martin as John Cleese works. I do. I think okay. I think that's a good, you know, um, you're right. It's we'll either him or Chapman. That. And if we find a better if we find a better Cleese, then that's fine. And I'll move him over to Chapman. But like,
0: I, I think we should retire some of the SNL. Because we're just gonna but that's the problem. Is all some of the greatest comedians true worked on SNL? Um, I mean, I kept thinking Billy Crystal. Like, throw Billy Crystal in as little, like
1: he, he could be. Um, he could be Jones. He he could be Jones, but I think he could also be Palin. Yeah, he's pretty diverse in that yeah. way.
0: Um, I'm also trying to I go think- a little
1: bit newer if I can help it. Like, I'm trying to think of like. Like, would Jay Moore fit in any of that? Mm. Uh, no. No.
0: Um, nothing against Jay Moore. I just don't think he's got the... He doesn't have the iconic status. Doesn't sort of have thing. to,
1: though. Like, I'm thinking uh, more about style than icon. You know?
0: Well, maybe.
1: Um, but I guess you're right. I mean, I are we, are, that's a good question. Are we putting this together out of iconoclasm, or are we doing it out of... L-
0: I, think, I think a little bit. I think because okay. the Pythons are so iconic... Okay. You have to have some merit, you know, to go with, with then, who then, we pick. Then
1: my, fir- my, my last point, not about Moore, but about Chappelle, still kind of fits. I, it, maybe he doesn't fit in the troupe, but I'm just saying that that's still at least a good poll. It's not like it's, without respect to this comedian, it's not Anthony Jeselnik, who I find hysterical, but I don't know that he would fit in, you know... Or, or, uh, agreed. Or or Bert Kreischer again, someone I think who's hysterically funny, but I don't think he would work in in this. You know, right? Although he he could maybe Terry Jones. The more I think about it, but uh, um, I can see that.
0: Just because. Um. Fuck. I got. I, I'm like trying to go through. I'm like, who the fuck was popular in who's popular now? Does Knessin sort of-
1: fall into this list anywhere? I don't think so. Like. Yeah. I Kinnison, like Kinnison no. a lot, but he's... No.
0: I think we're going TV, film, actor, comedians. Because like, it was just stand-up, and yeah. I'm going to throw fucking Carlin
1: in. Well, and that's where I was just thinking. I was going to go next. Like, Carlin's great, but I don't think he fits in this this group of people, you know?
0: Even though Carlin has done film work...
1: He didn't... You know, but none of his film work was, like, sketch, if that makes any kind of sense. Like...
0: So maybe we do need to stick to, like, SNL. Like, I mean, in all seriousness, I would throw Mike Myers in the ring. I would at least consider
1: him. Yeah, I would agree. Dana Carvey, too. I think, I think you Dana have to. Dana Carvey, too. Um, Hartman? That's our Chapman. Phil Hartman. Well, that's because
0: he, he's the Chapman, but he's got the voice of an American idol. Yeah. Not, I did not mean to say it like that. I mean, <laughs> Eric <laughs> Idol. Yeah. That's not what yeah. I meant.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Se recomienda las dosis de refuerzo de la vacuna contra el COVID-19 para
0: ciertas personas. Para más información, visita vaccinate.virginia.gov o llama al 877-829-4682.
1: Mensaje del Departamento de Salud de Virginia. I think, I think people listening to the conversation knew what you meant, but that's still funny. Yeah, um, That's a good call. Um, who do we have? I, I forgot who's Okay, who. so we know. got Robin Williams as Terry Gilliam, we got Steve Martin as John Cleese, and we got Phil Hartman as as Eric Idle. Um so theoretically Bill we Mur- still
0: Bill Murray we... has gotta be somewhere in there.
1: See, Mary Mary, I feel like is more your, your chapman. Okay. That's where I, I think I Mary falls. Just trying to imagine Bill Murray as uh
0: as King Arthur or Brian. You could you pull up Brian. I
1: don't know if He could pull up Brian. No, and I I mean, think about um Groundhog Day. Yeah. That's your that's your Arthur esque more seriousness. It's Arthur turning into Brian. Yes. I
0: mean, he calms the
1: fuck yes. Down. How about how about um you've seen Scrooged? Yeah, no? Mm-hmm. Arthur there, there's a Bob- little bit there too, you know. Ar- I, I think you're gonna pull out Bobcat. <laughs> I'm like
0: uh if we hadn't picked Robin Williams as Terry Gilliam, i would be like Bobcat would be a great fucking Gilliam. I,
1: I I mean I like Bobcat, but I think I think Robin fits that mold still better. Yeah, I still I listen. I still I still think personally, if I was assigning Robin, and I'm not trying to argue necessarily, but Robin to me is still Terry Jones.
0: I mean, I'm willing to concede it. I'm willing to like because you like think
1: the- you think about. You know, first off, and I'm I'm not just leaning on this, but like Mrs. Doubtfire, that's fucking uh, that's, that's fucking Terry Jones all day, right? I mean, well, I mean, with
0: the exception being is that Robin Williams as, as Mrs. Doubtfire could fool us.
1: Well, yeah, but that's because she had he had the prosthetics and all that stuff. Like Terry Terry Jones, but did the it voice, when,
0: the, but the voice doesn't sound like a man doing a woman's voice. It sounds like a woman's voice.
1: Oh, well, yeah, it, but but it, Robin it, it was it a little more better. Robin was a little more versed vocally than than Terry Jones, and but but I think as we said earlier, Terry Jones was very underrated, and I think his brain fired off as quickly as Robin's. he was he was, Robin's.
0: The, he was the director of all the films of the Bonnie Python films.
1: No, Gilliam did the Holy Grail. I'm almost positive. Maybe he did code. They code. I, co- I, I think they both they they it, code yeah. it. But yeah. I think, um, Gil- I think Gilliam gets more credit for Holy Grail than Jones does. Whether he should or not is a uh, different issue, but I think most if you ask most people who don't follow shit like we do, they would tell you Gilliam was the director of Holy Grail. But that's a different conversation.
0: Um, You know, actually, let's throw an interesting curveball here. Yeah. Because Terry Gilliam is technically an American. True. Maybe, so we got to pick maybe- a Brit for Gilliam? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Um. I think I've got one.
1: Okay. Who do you got? Simon Pegg.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Although if I'm really being honest, I would actually throw Eddie Izzard in. I would say Eddie Izzard because Eddie Izzard's British, but he was born in Yemen. So it goes to that whole fucking like, he's not yeah. really American. He's not really British.
1: But he also got, um, I, I, I think he actually I, I'd have to research this and I don't think I have the energy to do it right now but I'm almost positive that Izzard got inducted as an unofficial python by the pythons like that's what I,
0: that kind of goes with my my But merit. that's what I'm saying
1: like the point though is we're trying to stay away from that troop. So
0: he can't
1: be, he can't be considered um right not not because he's not worthy but just because of that that honor he's already been given you know
0: so we got. How about Andy Circus?
1: By the way, you know he's it, completely transitioned now. She, it's yes. technically she, Eddie Izzard.
0: Yeah, I I don't mean to be disrespectful. Neither do we. I, but I we just, we should. I still forgot.
1: No, we we just want to. Neither of us are being disrespectful. I think we just need to reference that briefly while right while we're talking. Okay. Um. No, I'm sorry. What were you What were you saying? I, I was
0: thinking Andy Circus because Andy Circus probably. If if we if they were remaking Holy Grail now, Eddie Circus would play Passy.
1: Yeah, probably. But, but is he? he is he, he looks he, the
0: most like Terry Gilliam from a visual? But is he? Is he funny? Um, he, Gollum he, is pretty fucking funny when he's not trying to be.
1: Yeah, and 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 Ulysses claw's pretty funny when he wants to be too. I mean, but I think
0: he's got the rage to be funny. You just don't see is it he, very often. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, but Simon Pegg is also. I mean, Simon Pegg. I love Simon Pegg. And I think is funny. He does the dramatic shit. He also does the comedic. Yeah, shit. Yeah,
1: I I kind of like Pegg as as Gillian. Simon
0: Pegg would definitely be a part of the modern day Python trip. Without if we were doing
1: Western, like, right? and 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 you know, I may not be a huge fan, but I think Rogan would be too.
0: Well, if we were doing,
1: I, I was thinking.
0: Modern day young
1: generation British like Simon. Oh, Pegg, oh, oh British, Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Rick yeah, Gervais. If we're, if we're sticking, yeah, we're sticking I would know Mark
0: Freeman somewhere in there.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, without question. Free, free, Like not to get off what we're trying to do, but free, Freeman's probably your Gilliam in the newer. I think more than Peg, but.
0: I mean, I would say is a Palin, or, or you know, he's, you he's a he's quiet. At- dude.
1: Yeah, but Palin... So you think of, when, I, when I think of Palin, I think of, like,
0: when he does act boisterous, he does it well. But he's usually the one who's, like, usually quiet.
1: True. No, no, when, when they're just sitting around talking and whatnot. Agreed. Yeah, he's, he's okay. the quietest.
0: I've got one for... I, I've got our Gilliam for, for our what?
1: American one. I thought we had Peg. We we're good with Peg, I thought. No,
0: for the American one that we're
1: doing. Right, but we said we should pick a Brit because Gilliam was... I know, but it's—dude, Dave
0: DeVito. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I hate to throw that curveball, but, like, come on. If anybody—if there's ever been someone who looks like a Terry Gilliam
1: drawing, (laughs) it's Dave DeVito. (laughs) Um, I want to stick with Peg, personally. Oh, all right. Because right. I like your idea of since Gilliam was technically an American, let's let's flip the script there and, and do the reverse. So, um, yeah. So we've so, got we got, got Terry that? Jones, we have Jones, we've got Cleese, Idol, Chapman, and Gilliam. The only one we need is Palin. We don't actually have a Palin picked yet.
0: Martin Short would be the closest to Palin that you mentioned.
1: Or Moranis. Or Moranis.
0: I I I would go Moranis out of those two.
1: And what about Crystal? Who? Billy.
0: Oh, um, Billy Crystal gets the Eddie Izzard honorary American Python-like vote. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, here's and- the thing. I think all the guys that were saying have to at least do kind of impression-ish type of voices. They have to play different characters. Sure. I don't think Rick Moranis can play like Dark Helmet is different than the dad from Honey, We,
1: you know, Honey shrunk shrunk the, kids. the kids, yeah, or or but Bob not and the kid. that different. Now, Lewis Tully's a little bit, you know, uh, the 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 character from Ghostbusters, and then you know,
0: but it, it's the same trope of high, quiet, nerdy kind of dude. Like you know, even when he's playing Dark Helmet, that's the gimmick of he's. He's a, a nerd underneath this. You know what? You know,
1: I, I'm going to go. I, I'm going to throw a curveball at this because the more I'm thinking about this, the more I feel like he fits. Mike Myers as Palin.
0: Okay. I just realized we should have thrown Mel Brooks somewhere in there. Mel Brooks in his heyday in the 70s and 80s yeah. was pretty fucking. This is harder than we initially intended it to be.
1: But no, but that's that's why I wanted to do it because I knew we'd have a good discussion, you know. Because because Mel Brooks was not only a profli- prolific comedian,
0: and actor, and writer, he was a di- he's directed every single one of his fucking films, and and he also did impressions. I mean, he you know all of his characters in all of his films are not a Mel Brooks one dimensional role. When he plays Rabbi Tuckman in Robin Hood, it's not the same as him uh, as the. But
1: he doesn't the, hide it. He doesn't. At least in, our, it, I'm gonna name three people characters mm. he's played, right? Mel Brooks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Rabbi Tuckman, as you said, um, actually I'll name four because I can name four. Um, Tuckman, uh, Schwartz, Or, Yogurt, Yogurt. I'm sorry, Yogurt. Okay, Schwartz was the the thing. Yogurt is the character. Um, Yogurt, President Scroob, and then the the main character from History of the World, there's not a lot of diversity in his voice. The voice is pretty similar across the board.
0: It's either very Jewish or not as Jewish. That's
1: really what... Well, that's what I'm saying, though. There's not... (laughs) He plays very different characters. The characters are different, but the, the delivery is very similar.
0: I mean, he does in Blazing Saddles...
1: Which I haven't seen. He
0: he does play sort of the most, like, it's, watching it now, it's basically Donald Trump in Mm -hmm. a really weird way. It's so bizarre how he did Donald Trump before Donald Trump was doing Donald Trump.
1: Well, listen, and and here's the thing, right? This is a great thing for the show because, like, we're going to put this list together and I'm sure there's going to be people to listen to this and be like, what the fuck? Why didn't you pick so-and-so?
0: Right. I I'm I'm imagining someone's gonna be like, why didn't you pick Dick Van Dyke? He was versatile like, oh shit, Jesus, sorry.
1: Yeah, but see, and you bring up a bring you brought up a good point earlier about these people working together. The people that we've picked so far, I see working together okay. The only one the only the only wrench in the in the works here, if there is one, is Bill Murray.
0: That's because Bill Murray Bill Murray had a had a habit of, you know, Getting along with great with people and then all of a sudden not. Right. But that could be why he's a chapman. Did we pick him as chapman? We did, yeah. So that's yeah, not so... a it's not
1: a bit right, exactly. And and you know, not to get off on a completely different note, but I am so glad he and Harold Ramis made up before he passed away. Like they, they yeah. took some time and and did that. But anyway,
0: um But to Harold Ramis, I have nothing against Harold Ramis. I just don't think he was
1: he was a better director mean, than an actor, and he was a good actor, but he was a better director. But see, that's why I thought of him as Gilliam, because, you know, while he had some on-screen chops, he was he's known more for that behind-the-scenes.
0: I just view Terry Gilliam as, as this—
1: So you're going for more of the visual with Gilliam than you are about the skill set. I'm just imagining both, because Terry Gilliam
0: looks like—when you look at his face— and all the characters that he's played, he looks like he's thinking of the most fucked up, bizarre shit. <laughs> he probably is. I mean, it's kind of like when you look at Tim Burton and you look at his face; you're like, I see Beetlejuice key from this fucking brain.
1: Right. Right. No, I you get know what I mean. Like, Listen, I, I think we have a great a great list so far. We just got to come up with this last one. You know,
0: I want Mel Brooks somewhere in there so badly. Um, well, it, won't be, it can't be like Carl Reiner or anything like that because Carl no. Reiner. I, no, Nothing I mean, against Carl Reiner. We no. just lost Carl Reiner. But he was kind of known more for you know, being a
1: writer. I mean, he was yeah. – He was. He was um, what about like uh, – I mean, see now – I. well, who do we have left? We we see. We got Jones, Cleese, Idol, Gilliam, and Chapman. So Terry Jones is the one we're still – no, Jones we have. Hold on. Who am we missing here? Chapman. Did we get him one, one two three four five six no we only have five on our list so we're missing one I just can't get my brain to match this up we have Cleese we have Gilliam, we have idol we have Palin Palins the one we're still trying to to cast
0: could I could I uh can I make a can I make one of them a woman
1: well I had an idea for that but that's uh, okay uh, but
0: what you want to do an all woman version? No 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 no, 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 no. I
1: don't want to do that. But but there was that the woman who played Zoot and and Connie Booth or was that her name? I don't have it in front of me. Uh, Cleese's Cleese's ex wife, the woman from Faulty Towers. Um, they were fit unofficial Pythons. In, in the eyes yeah. of the guys, so I had I had to I had a woman in mind to be part of that, and I wanted you to come up with another. Help me come up with a second one. So we're Gilda, gonna add Gilda Radner. Okay, I'm on. I got gotcha. you. Gilda I'm, Radner
0: absolutely would be an American woman Python member.
1: The other one for me was Sarah Silverman. That's a good pull. That's a really good pull. Sarah you Silverman. You wouldn't have Sarah Silverman
0: if we didn't have
1: Gilda Radner. Well, I think you need two because they had Connie Booth and the woman who played Zoot, whose name I don't have in front of me right now, were in a lot of Python stuff. So you I, can pick I two. I wish
0: Sarah Silverman could do more than just her – her, you know, kind of she, – she's kind of one-dimensional. She's a brilliant comedian.
1: Well, but so every- was the so was the woman who played Zoot, from what I could tell. So that's okay, why I was right. kind of. If
0: we're doing those comparisons, then yeah.
1: Yeah, that's why. That's why I picked her because when I think yeah. that that actress who was was funny as fuck, mm-hmm. but didn't have a whole lot of range. Right. I I think Sarah Silverman because she's funny as fuck but doesn't have a ton of range like that. You know what I mean? Sure. So yeah, um, I hate her. In, what's this one movie? Oh, I hate her in School of Rock though. Fucking hate her in that movie.
0: You actually bring up an interesting thing. Would Jack Black qualify? I was avoiding like Will Ferrell. Yeah, and John C. Re- John C. Riley. Obviously, you know, you and I are both bigger fans of than Will Ferrell. But like, yeah, could Jack Black be a who we try to cast?
1: Palin Jones. Oh no, Palin. No? Palin. Yeah, no, Palin. So yeah, not no, Jack. Can I throw it? Uh, can I throw a curveball at the Jones one for just? A- who am I? Naomi is the new hit series that's got all the buzz. You have power I have never felt before. Critics
0: are calling it unbelievably charming. Captivating. A delight to watch. Casey Walker couldn't be more perfect as
1: Naomi. You ready? The question is are you ready? Get ready to see why. I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? Naomi, only tonight on the CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington, CW. Who am I? Naomi is the new hit series that's got all the buzz. You have power I've never felt before.
0: Critics are calling it unbelievably charming, captivating, a delight to watch. Casey Walpole couldn't be more perfect as Naomi. You ready?
1: The question is Are you ready?
0: Get ready to see why.
1: I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? Naomi, only tonight on the CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington CW. Minute, sure. And then we, and then this would—if you agree with me, this would move. Yes, you know, I can already tell you're gonna say no, and it's not well, not because me, I mean. Me hear well, this, but I, this would not be deleting Robin from the list. If if you went with me, I would move Robin to the Palin slot. Just so you know, um, okay. Kevin, for Terry Jones. Smith? Yeah. No. No. Uh, Writer, director, very fucking funny. Kind of one-dimensional. I I think
0: as as Terry Jones, yeah,
1: is, is what it was in this group. Yeah,
0: look, no one will ever question my loyalty and fandom no. of Kevin Smith. I I think he would also be the first to say that Terry Jones was more versatile than him. I okay. think Kevin Smith is a talented motherfucker, but as a performer, I was just I was just throwing it out there. I'm yeah, not like I, I'm I, not... I I I see where you're going. I just
1: don't think. Cause he's not, he's not great on screen talent. And neither would Ter- Terry Jones probably more than Kevin for sure. But like, again, I feel like he was really kind of one dimensional on screen. His, his comedic genius knows no bounds. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm not discrediting the the gentleman at all, but, you right. know. Um. Right, so I would we'll, almost we'll,
0: throw John C. Riley because I in feel the,
1: I feel like Robin as Terry Jones is. While I get what you're talking about, the black and white and seeing the technicolor, still is is a, a disrespect to Robin personally because I think there's so much more to him than that position.
0: Well, I mean, I'm I'm willing to shift Robin. I just think that.
1: See, I think uh, Robin's Palin. I do. I do. Oh, you do Robin, you do Dana Carvey, you do Mike Myers, you do someone like that in that Palin role. Personally,
0: yeah, um, I think Robin which mean, would.
1: Which means we have to still figure Jones out, but.
0: Well, Robin actually, I think, might be a better fit as Eric Idle.
1: Okay, then where does Hartman go? Or do we? Or do we? Do we put Hartman in the Jones role? I could see that. Okay, so well, let me switch that Robin for Eric Idle. Yeah. Hartman for Terry Jones. Yep, and we still need Palin. Fucking Palin, Jesus,
0: Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin can play. Fucking no, stop Michael it. Palin. <laughs> um, Palin's a fucking hard one because he's quiet and he's not. He's unassuming and he's not. He's he's a complete fucking, you know, anagram of, yeah, him, of himself. For real, for real. Um, oh. Oh, fuck. He doesn't work because he's British. Who? But I forgot for one second Hugh Laurie was not. <laughs> I thought Hugh Laurie well, was.
1: Because he does such a great American act. Yeah, right. you're right. Damn yeah. It. And he was in a sketch group, so he is fucking yeah, funny fra- as Fry fuck. And
0: Laurie. Yeah, a bit of Fry and Laurie. He was fucking amazing in it. Um, well, John C. Riley. Because John C. Riley could be the quiet, serious mm-hmm. dude. No, you're not seeing it?
1: No, because I think you need I think you, you need someone who can be diverse. And if we're do if we're talking Palin, I could I could give you John C. Riley for maybe for like Jones, but I still think Hartman's the better pick there. But I think I think Steph, you need you know what I'm saying? Steph
0: has asked if you've seen John C. Riley in Chicago.
1: Uh no, I've not.
0: He's pretty diverse and versatile on that.
1: Okay, but do you know what I'm saying? Though, completely. I know what like, you're saying. Yeah. I, I just... Well, can we go back to Mel Brooks? Would Mel Brooks fit in
0: that Palin role?
1: No, because yeah, no, I'm thinking. I'm thinking like, like that's why Robin at least kind of works there because I'm thinking voices and thinking. You know what I mean? That's why I'm thinking Dana Carvey. I'm thinking. So when
0: you th- when you think of Michael Palin, give me give me the characteristics that I have to try and think of.
1: Uh, definitely voice changing different accents, different characters, um, and a variety, like, a, a pretty wide variety. Um.
0: American. Um. Steph's trying to help out. She's like, Carrie Elwes. I'm like, no, we need Americans.
1: Um. Carrie Elwes Ameri- would probably, he would probably be in a modern version of this pack somewhere. I don't know they would be Palin, yeah, but he'd he be would, in this, he'd fit in this I group. would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree with that.
0: Um. Although she made me think, Prince's Bride, um, Mandy Patakin. As Palin? Try I'm just trying to think out loud. I'm, I mean, I think Mandy Patekin's too serious, although he was funny you know, as shit. If we,
1: were go- if we were going younger, not all time, like if we had a specific age limit, you know who else just popped into my brain who would be in this group? Alan Tudyk would be somewhere in this group. I don't know where exactly. Oh, th- actually, th- actually, that's a fucking good poll, dude. Alan yeah. Tudyk, because he does all sorts – you know what?
0: You you nailed it. Alan Tudyk is the Palin because he fucking does all sorts so? of
1: voices. Absolutely. Dude. Over like, wa- over like a Carvey or a Myers, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because Tudyk is underrated just like Palin is. I True. mean, Mike Myers has kind of also got that – he's kind of a fucking diva going up against him. Um, whereas I don't see that with Michael Palin because there's a story about when the troop went to America, they had no fucking clue that the Americans were loving the, the humor. And like a woman, like a young woman went up to Michael Palin and said, Oh, Michael, and fainted in his arms. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) I don't know how this happened. He was genuinely speechless and in shock that Americans actually liked him.
1: All right. So let me, let me run this past you as com- constituted, and then we will we will uh, decide if it's this is the list or if we need to make any changes, okay? Sure. So Terry Jones is Phil Hartman. Mm-hmm. John Cleese is Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. Eric Idle is Robin Williams.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Graham Chapman is Bill Murray. Yep. Michael Palin is Alan Tudyk. Um Connie Booth, who is the witch from Holy Grail, yep. but in a bunch of other stuff. Is Gilda Radner, yeah, and Carol Cleveland, who is Zoop, but was in a bunch of sketches on Faulty or not Faulty Towers, but on Flying Circus, is Sarah Silverman.
0: I think I have one change. Okay, switch Murray and Martin, and I think it works better. I think Bill Murray is the Cleese, and you got Grave Chapman as the Steve Martin. Grave Chapman okay. is more of a straight and narrow like Steve Martin is. They're both funny in respective ways, but Bill Murray looks like the one just like Cleese, who could be the nicest guy and also bite your head off, which Cleese is very
1: able to do. I think that, I think that's the winning combo. Do you, do you disagree? I'm a little concerned about Merrick's. I think, I think, I think Cleese is funnier than, I love Bill Murray. You know, I'm a bigger fan than you are, but he, his delivery doesn't feel right to me for Mary. I, that's why I went Martin initially, because I feel like Martin's delivery was more like Cleese's. But okay. to your point, I uh, the more you make the argument for Steve Martin as Graham Chapman, I agree.
0: Without the alcoholism. I, mean, they, I think well, they Jeff, exclude yes. the alcoholism. Uh,
1: yes, of course. Until because we're talking otherwise about...
0: we're going to be like, fuck, well, let's throw Sam Kinison. No, it would be John Belushi. Yeah. I can't believe we didn't fucking think of John Belushi for Christ's sake.
1: I no, I did. I just didn't see where he fit in this. I did, see the people were le- the, th- the, people this, are, are the people that are listening to this are the people that listen to this episode need to understand. We're not leaving people out. We're trying to figure out what group would be the right fit too. Is what we're thinking about. We're not just thinking right. about funny fuckers. We're thinking about people that would work in these roles as they are currently constituted like if you were all right this is the best way to think about for our audience listening and 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 for you and i if they were making a biopic about monty python with americans playing them this is your your list here
0: well that's that's a little different because i wasn't looking at it in that in that no I, i just
1: pulled that out of my head but that's kind of right you know
0: if we're making a biopic where Americans were playing the Bonnie Python they looked nothing like the people. Yeah, they don't then, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This, we're this not is what we're, we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> this is a biopic if it was done by a blind guy.
1: <laughs> if it was done by, by Dave Chappelle's fucking uh blind uh white supremacist character. If
0: hell if Helen Keller ever made a biopic <laughs> about Monty <laughs> about <Bonnie> Python. <laughs> about Monty Python, it would Wait, be with these fucking guys.
1: Don't you mean Anne Frank? Um <laughs> I, I had a feeling you were going
0: to whip that out. yeah
1: um alright so is this is this where we leave it
0: I, I think that's where we leave it I, I think should we call it Monty Python or should we call it like something different just I don't to, know
1: just... um shitty python <laughs> shitty python <laughs> um Python. I don't know Monopython Monopython
0: yeah.
1: um Listen, I there's so much to this group that we could spend another two hours easily. You know, I I know we did a, we maybe didn't do as deep of a dive as we do on other things, but I I wanted to encompass a lot of the stuff, and I'm glad that we spent the time that we did. Mm-hmm. But I, I I think you know we we could do that. You you could spend two more hours and get into the specifics on all of these guys. You know what I mean? I'm, and and absolutely, and still not scratch the surface. That's the problem. Do you know what I mean? Like. The, the range of these guys was crazy. And yeah. and, and the, the lasting impression, more than anything. You know, Monty Python's one of those few things like, like, look, I, you know, Saturday Night Live's great in a lot of ways. Right. You know, and with all respect to anyone who's been on that show, no one's going to remember the cast from 2015, 20, 30, 40 years from now. People are going to be watching Monty Python.
0: Right. That's That's very true.
1: Do you know what, what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and, it's and, and, and there are seasons of Saturday Night Live that that hold up like that. There are casts from Saturday Night Live. The the, the original cast, whether we like Chevy Chase or not, that original cast holds up. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? The 90s cast with Hartman and Myers and Carvey and, you know, that, that cast.
0: Farley. I forgot about fucking Farley. Farley.
1: Sandler. Sandler. I mean, but i I think look I, i'm I'm actually looking at this list and the more I'm looking at it, the happier I am like right. I, I I like this list so um but yeah to to the python fans out there please understand we are too we we're putting it together and we there's only so much you can say in so much time so right you know um yes we've done longer episodes but we'll just keep going all over the place. That's the thing. I think that's the best tribute to Python we could do is that we didn't stay on one particular path the entire fucking conversation. Yeah,
0: it's impossible to fucking talk about Pythons without diverting because we'd be like, oh, remember the fucking Holy Hand grenade? Oh my God, remember the meaning of life? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Rico, sign us off, my friend. Um, trying to... (laughs)
0: Spam! Wait, what, CJ? You want me to say what? You want me to keep talking after we were talking for how many goddamn hours? Let's leave these poor people alone, okay? Fine. CJ wants me to do a proper closing, but I'm not going to say the same shit that he's always said for every goddamn other episode. If you don't like it, you could blame his ass. Listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcast, or you could simply Google us. Though, if you're listening to this message, you probably did do that. Please don't forget to rate and comment. Seriously, we're not just saying that because we want to. We need your acceptance. If you want to agree with or yell at us, especially CJ, follow him and me and the show on Twitter. The show is at Potaskew. I am at Rance Rico. And CJ is at M underscore Blade. Don't ask me why. I still don't know. Some secrets are best left alone. We want to thank Logo Mike for our logo. That's why we call him Logo Mike. If you want or need some good art, hit them up at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. It's worth it. You can help a starving artist today. We got to give a big sloppy thank you to Samuel Lemons for all the original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel dash Lemons. When life gives you Sam Lemons, you better pucker up. And finally, we have to thank all of you. Well, we don't have to, we want to. It really does mean a lot to CJ and I that you guys have prioritized your time listening to us. We really, really appreciate it. Now, since I still have your attention, I think you have all been missing one of the best parts of every episode, the dammit. So therefore, you all have to listen to the dammit. Think of it as a MCU bonus credit scene. There, that fucking better? What happens now?
1: Well, now, uh, Lancelot, uh, Galahad, and I uh, wait until nightfall and then leap out of the rabbit, uh, taking the French uh, by surprise. Not only by surprise, but totally alarmed. Who leaps out? Uh, Lancelot, Galahad, and I uh, leap out of the rabbit uh, and... uh... Damn it! That's got all the buzz. You have power I've never felt before.
0: Critics are calling it unbelievably charming. Captivating. A delight to watch. Casey Walpole couldn't be more perfect as Naomi. You ready?
1: The question is, are you ready?
0: Get ready to see
1: why. I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero?
0: Superheroes aren't real. What if they are?
1: Naomi. only tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington CW.